welcome to the 250th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on September 15th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's currently filling himself with billions of microbes, Carlos Rodella. That's me. I'm drinking the probiotic drink, and I'm putting a bunch of live cultures in my body. It almost sounded like you did a little uh, Luigi or Mario thing. That's me. That's me, Carlos. That's me. I'm drinking probiotics. Here it is. Ready? There's the sound we all love to hear. Let me drink it. It's called Olipop, and I am not sponsored by them, and we are not, but... I wouldn't mind being because they're incredible. They have very tasty drinks, and it's got the probiotics in it that make your body feel good. And, and how do you how do you spell their name? Good. Olipops. What, yeah. What now? O L I and then pop. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I have recently been drinking. I don't know. I don't even want to call it like a supplement, but just kind of like a a thing to add to my drinks for like added health benefits. It's called. I was getting it wrong. I think it's called hydrant. And mm. it's just like, um, it's not microbes or anything, but it's like, uh, and we're not sponsored by them, by the way, either. Although, yes, we are open to that. Please send us some money and free <laughs> drinks. Uh, but it's got like uh, electrolytes and some kind of other stuff where like if you're not maybe getting enough, I don't know, nutrition in your day, you drink a little thing. It's kind of like a Gatorade or a Powerade sort of thing, but it's just a powder. And so you can put it into like anything you want. Uh, currently, I have a Red Bull that has fruit punch added to it, and it's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's so many of those that are out now and drinks, like you said. Um, it's just good for us to try more of that stuff. I, obviously, both of you and I are of a certain age, and it's helpful to do that as you get older. But I think just in general, uh, people need to be like looking out for their health more. Come on. You know, very important. You got to take care of yourself. You only got one body. You're only here on Earth one time. You got to make it last. And yeah, and especially younger listeners, because like you got your whole Life ahead of you. Make sure your body's good now so you don't end up like me. You know? Like over here, like uh, slowly I mean, I dying. Guess, I was going to say that begs the question, how are you then, Carlos? I'm okay. I'm not great, but whatever. Uh, real right. back to, uh, quick to Olipop. Um, they said this, I'm drinking the cherry vanilla one. And okay. they said they pinpointed the cherry pie flavor. And they did. It's like phenomenal. So really interesting. I'm gonna have to look that up. I've never heard of that. Supports digestive health. Cherry vanilla Olipop. Check it out. There we go. And also, if you are working at either of these companies, Olipop or Hydrant, we are open to paid advertising. Please, Please give, give us, us a up. call. There we go. Okay, we have a lot to talk about as we normally do. Um, we're going to get to housekeeping in just a second, but before we do, um, I want to give a really quick shout out to a couple of people on Twitter. Both of these people uh, had sent me messages earlier today, uh, along with a couple other people earlier in the week, and they were saying that they listened to our show. So, number one, thank you for listening. Thank we you, thank you. Everybody listens. Yes, thank you for spending time with us. Uh, but they both kind of mentioned that they listened to us specifically because we talk about so many games. Because, you know, we were kind of talking about how many games are coming out, and somebody tweeted, like, this whole list of, like, 15 or 20 games that are coming out, like, just this week alone. And they're like, oh, my God, how are you even supposed to even pay attention to any of this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, really? Uh, I mean, I get all these emails. And I literally think today, just today alone, I think we took in like 10 game codes. Oh, and yeah. it's like I don't I don't even really have time to like play these decently, let alone give them a full review. And part of the reason this podcast was started 
uh, was because I needed an outlet to talk about games in a quicker way because we just were having so many games. Like I just wasn't able to cover them right. in text alone. Right. And so anyway, I, I'm glad that somebody out there uh, is responding and letting us know that they really appreciate that we cover so many because you, dude, you and I both play like a monster amount of games. Am I right? Yeah. I just tweeted today that on the show, which is, I think, accurate, we're going to cover 1000 games approximately 1000 maybe even a little bit more yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure so anyway quick shout out to gamers with glasses also quick shout out to adult supervision required both of them on twitter thank you for sending us a message and letting us know that you appreciate the ridiculous volume of games that we cover every week because you know it's not it's not easy but we do it we enjoy doing it we like to get it done so we're glad that people are appreciating um, our particular approach definitely definitely thank you and also on that note um if you're enjoying the podcast I started like, uh, you know, prodding around the internet and looking at our uh, feed. You know, we got the feed of our podcast everywhere. We do. And, and on Apple, we have a few reviews, but not many. And I was like, oh, well, we do? Yeah. I didn't, know that we, I didn't know we did. Yeah. I think our average is uh, 3.5 or something, of you know, out of five. But that's, I think it's only because there's a few there. So all I'm saying is drop us a, a like or a comment or a review somewhere. And I think, you know, it might be cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. If you got time, if you got a minute, if you like the show, um, I'm sure that it'll help us in, um, you know, the the algorithms or whatever those magical algorithms. Whatever, so yeah. give us a review, stars, whatever. I'm not going to beg for five because honestly, I think it's fucked up that five stars is what you need and anything less than five stars is trash. That, oh, that sticks in my cross so badly because that kind of gets to the whole philosophy of Game Critics where we use the entire review score between one through ten. Whereas a lot of review scores uh, just kind of hover between seven and ten or even eight and ten. So yeah, yeah, and I, I, just want, I don't, yeah, and I just it, want people it. to say things. You know what I mean? Like just leave a comment. I don't even care if it's like a score. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't care either. And I'm yeah. not going to beg for five stars. If you want to give us five, great. You want to give us less than five, great. Uh, whatever. Uh, but if you do like the show, I mean, a little bit of that would be appreciated. But uh, you know, if if you want to, no, if you no want pressure, to. no pressure. Also, at the top of the show because we're talking about people who listen to the podcast, Gaming in the Wild, which you mentioned a lot. Uh, uh-huh. And we love his podcast. Uh, he was talking about Lost and Random, which is a game that I was really excited about. But he was saying it was pretty janky, I guess. That's what I heard. Uh, but at the same time, it's an indie, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I'm on the fence with that. But after hearing that, I was like, do I do it now or do I wait? I don't know. You know, I was really on fire for that one because the videos and the trailers look awesome. Yeah. Um, but the developer of that one, and I'm totally blanking on their name right now, but I have played, I think, all of their games. Really? I'm pretty sure that I have. And gosh, darn it. I wish I could remember their name oh, right now. I'll Google Um, But I believe, like, I, I really clicked with, like, their very first game. And honestly, and I don't mean this to be insulting, and I hate to say this even, but I feel like I have liked their games less and less and less as time has gone on. Um, their last one was called Fee, F-E, and I just like, oh my god, I really did not like that one at oh, all. Oh, I remember that game, and and the, yeah. and the developer Zoink. Zoink, yes, yeah, okay, yeah. so exactly, they, yes, I think I played every single thing that they put out, so I, I keep waiting for them to like reclaim the magic, or at least to connect with me again. Hasn't happened yet, I'm still looking at Lost and Random, but you're right, John over at Gaming in the Wild, he cooled off on it pretty quickly, and he gives games a real fair shake, so... I feel like if he didn't care for it, maybe I wouldn't care for it. Yeah. And we have like a thousand games already. So it's like we have a thousand mm, games. So I'm yeah. just backing up a little bit. But I also like, you know, giving a shout out to him saying like, hey, I, I listened to your advice on Twitter and I'm going to like just back away for a minute. I love that, dude. I love that, dude. Follow that dude's awesome. Follow Gaming in the Wild. Great show. Great guy. OK. Uh, housekeeping. I got some housekeeping this week. Actually, uh, surprise, surprise. Carlos, I'm sure you do as well. And I'm sure the people at home know that you and I share a living situation giant house divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape 
on my side, a couple things. Carlos, what's on your side this week? I know. I was a surprise to see more stuff on your side of the house this time, um, including... I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed. It's like a half a pizza. It, some of this is like kind of gross. I'm going to get to it tonight. It's not bad. Okay. I think that pizza's been there for a while. Anyways. It's okay. I smelled it. It's okay. It's You know, pizza does last, doesn't it? The red sauce is a preservative. I don't think that's accurate. But um, on my side, one thing, Cyberpunk got a new patch. I heard. <laughs> it that's, the, that's the weird thing, dude. Every time anything cyberpunk, like new patch, I'm like, oh, gotta tell Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. Oh Carlos no, Carlos know. already knows. Carlos already downloaded already it knows. and has played the game with the patch. He's already been through it. Yeah, but it's just weird, you know. At this point, I'm also with everybody else. Like, you know, I definitely had a good time with the game. I think it's a finished game. You can play it right now on pretty much every console, and it works. And you can, you know, finish the story campaign, <laughs> right? Well, I'm I just love saying, that we have to say that. You can get this game, and it works. Well, I'm saying it just because I'm a little perturbed that it, that's still the question on Twitter. Like right, Someone's like, right. oh, this patch, does that mean it works now? You idiot. Like, it worked for a while, you know? Sure. So sure. even with that, I'm just wanted to put that out front. Now I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know why I get myself excited about a patch when I think a couple things that I'm waiting for is going to be in it, and inevitably it isn't. You know, it's just like, oh, the streets are now wet again, which is, you know, <laughs> is that what it was? Wet. Is that literally what that's it was? one of the things? Oh, yeah. my God. OK. But uh, the one thing I guess I will say that I liked, you know, it's a bunch of nominal things. People who are stuck in quest. I've already beat the game so long ago, so it didn't affect me. But one thing it did affect is this little uh, vending machine. I think his name is Brandon. He's an AI. The, the vending machine is named Brandon. Yeah, he's an AI. He's got like oh, that's uh, funny. AI okay. in him. And it's a really cool little storyline. And it was uh, stuck for me for a very long time, right? Like it just like bugged out. And so I couldn't finish it. And it really made me like frustrated because I liked that. So with this patch, that got fixed. So I was able to finish that storyline finally. And I won't spoil it here, but it was really cool. And it was cool to have like a mission that I could do. You know, because <laughs> yes, I've yes. been everything on that map. And I was like, I can do something. So, was it like the final piece of content that you didn't have access to? It literally is the final piece besides one other thing. So, okay. yes, is the real answer. Uh, so I think I'm, you know, now I'm officially done with everything that the game ever had to offer. But the, secondly, there's this one mission where you're supposed to deposit your weapons and then you go do a mission and you come back out and you take your weapons out. Uh, you know how they do that in games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like coat room or something coat room. And then you don't have any weapons because they don't want right, you to fight in there. Right. Well, I've already beat that mission. And every time I look at it on the map, it says, retrieve your weapons uh, or deposit your weapons. Because it's just like it's just like a needle in the eye bugs you, right? Oh, it's a needle in the eye. Uh, yeah. And so I went back to it just to see what this patch fixed it. And it didn't. So that's just stuck there. But that yeah. sucks. So that's it came out again. People just starting the game right now. Like it's probably the, the most solid it's ever been. Uh, have fun with it because I think the the main story is really great and I really enjoyed it. Um, and Keanu Reeves is great in it, so it's good. So that's that. Um, I did want to mention again, and kind of this is a shout out episode, but this is really rad channel on YouTube called the Indie Game Guild. Have we ever talked about it? I don't recall. This does not sound familiar to me. Okay, I, I watch like five or six like uh, indie game YouTube channels, and I just want to give some of them shout outs. Uh, he was talking about Flynn, son of Crimson, and it looks Oh, yeah, really that just cool. came out, I think, today, recently? Just or came recently? out on Game yeah, Pass. Yeah. It's on Game Pass today. Also, the other systems, too. It's on Steam, yeah. And um, is it on Switch, too? I think, probably. I think so. And maybe he was talking about on Switch. And he just, you know, he, he's a great reviewer, and, he, and every time I see that come up on my subscription feed, I always watch it, and 
um, yeah, I think he's just a really good fair shake on indie games and explains them and you know shows great footage. So he was getting me into it, and I was like, oh my goodness, and now it came on Game Pass. How perfect. So I've got to give him a shout out. Uh, people go check out the Indie Game Guild on YouTube. Always a really good look at indie games and ones you might not have heard of too. So check them out. Right and on. subscribe and smash that like button. Like and subscribe. Yes, smash, please do. Smash our smash like it. button, by the smash way. Smash it. Smash yes. our like button. Uh, system software update happened on, or is coming soon for the PS5. Not yet. Oh, that happened. It was today. It was today? I did it today, yeah. Oh, how did I not do it today? What's going on with me? Man, where you been? Home. <laughs> I don't know how that stuff. I had it turned off, I guess, for a minute. Um, okay, so yeah, so I can talk about what happened, in, or do you want to talk about what the updates I are? I mean, here's what happened. I, I jump on. I'm going to try to play Fortnite with my son. A uh, new season of Fortnite started. Uh, big ups to that. Uh, and I jump on, and I was like, oh, you need an update. And I'm like, damn it. I do the update. It only took a minute or two because we have pretty good internet here. And then I kept push. I don't know what I was doing, but I kept going back to the whole, would you like us to tell you the new features? I'm like, no. And I try to get back to my Fortnite, and I kept, I don't know what I was, I just kept going back to it. I'm like, fuck. Okay, finally, yes. Please tell me your fucking three things. It told me three things. I didn't care about any of those three things, and then I just went back to Fortnite. So that's what happened. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I kind of care about some of them. I'll just list a couple of them. Um, one thing is you can customize the control center at the bottom. That was what they were telling me, and I just couldn't close that box fast enough. I don't know what it even means. Oh well, it, it, that's like literally the only thing I use all the time. So that's like okay. it's the mo it's the main navigation that used to be on the old PS4. Like what you did, you know, like you, you scrolled through the main navigation. That's essentially on the bottom now. So you hit the PlayStation button, then it it comes up. So I, I always felt like I didn't use any of that stuff on there except like the power, you know. So if I can yeah, add I things much, to that, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. If I can add things to that, that might be cool. I think because I do I'm using that button all the time. Um, the other thing is that you can install a SSD, certain ones. Okay. Which I guess is cool because I'm already running out of room. You wow, know? really? Okay. Oh, am I really? Maybe I was thinking of the PS4. I, I do ca capture a lot of gameplay footage, so. Okay, uh, I mean that can eat it up, sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of cool. And then the other thing was um, you can stream at 1080p. I don't think I care about that. And the mobile data streaming, so you can play the PlayStation on your phone. I've never done that, but it's pretty cool that you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, I don't give a shit. Super, super don't care. Not ever okay. do that. So I guess really, as I'm looking at the list, there's not much. Um, <laughs> but the customized controls are not I kind of like. I'll check it out. I mean, when I got my PS5, I took some of the stuff off of that bar. But I got to be honest with you, just like a side tangent here, I just really fucking don't like the way that they redid the buttons for like bringing up the menus and stuff. I feel like they kind of did the opposite of what was on the PS4. Like, yeah, they tap did. And hold. Yeah. It messes with my fucking head and I still haven't gotten used to it. And I just, I just don't like the new UI. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I so agree I that I always it. mess up still though. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I can't remember. Is it tap? Is it hold? I'm holding. Oh, and I'm tapping, tapping. Fuck. What is it hold? Oh, and ah. because we have Xbox, right? So, you know, yes. Oh no, look, you know, un unlucky us that we have both systems. But at the same time, yeah, Xbox is hold. And so you're like, oh, yeah, you the Xbox is is what my brain wants to do. The PS5 has flipped it because I don't know. You want to be different. And it just is messing with my brain. Yeah. Um, so I have the state of play, but I can uh, go over to your side for a minute. Oh, uh, yeah, I got a couple things. One thing game related. Just a really quick shout out to um, struggling. Do you remember me talking about struggling? Yeah. On the podcast don't like that game. Despise it. And it can go <laughs> to hell. But yeah. What about it? <laughs> I love that game, man. That game is balls hard. It is 
absolutely one of the most difficult, frustrating games I've ever played in my life. It is just like really, really, really like just kick you in the nuts just over and over. Really difficult. But right. with with terrible mechanics, I have to add that. I mean, the mechanics are exactly what they're supposed to be, but they do feel, yes, terrible. like frustrating and terrible. Yeah. Um, in case people don't recall, we talked about this, I don't know, probably 50 episodes ago or something. Uh, it's a it's a physics based game where you play this weird blob, which is made up of two heads that are smushed together and each head has a separate arm. Uh, so it's a blob with two arms and it's got claws on the end of those arms and those claws are super grabby. So you can grab anything in the environment you want. This is also 2D hand drawn art. Um, and your your point is like you just want to escape from like this lab. So like you start off in a lab. You break out of your jar and then you use your blobby arms and head uh, to grab to like whip your arms around and grab things. So like the point of it is you can grab anything that you can grab and you'll hold on to it forever. But th the challenge is getting that claw onto the right piece of thing that you want to grab because your arms are so floppy and your head is floppy and you don't really have any structure to your body. And so it's kind of like a 2D Octodad sort of a thing where you're you're kind of like trying to use momentum. You're kind of trying to use physics. But also you're praying a lot because it's just really hard to get things where you want oh, to yeah. go. What's, yeah. what's that game uh, up and over it or something? Uh, getting over getting it. over it. It reminds me of that. I never played that, but I heard a lot of people cussing it out the same way that it cussed out. Struggling. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you enjoyed struggling, you would love that game. I don't know that I enjoyed it. I'm not sure that oh, I did, but okay. I love this game. I love this game because it is so funny. Like when you get to these parts, there is some absurd humor crazy situations shit that you would never expect to happen pops up in this game and i just was so impressed with like the variety and the weirdness and the this like the balls to the wall that these developers had i mean i had finished it i, I totally finished the entire game i bet not even one percent of people who start this game i bet it's like 0. 0.0025 of people <laughs> yeah, finish this game probably. i did finish it though um and just as a as a quick little um easter egg uh, when the ending credits was rolling, I took a picture of that and I put that in my review as proof that I finished it because I wasn't sure nice. anybody would believe me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, long story short, I love this game. I also hate this game, but I mostly love this game. It's out now on Xbox and PS5. I think it's also on PS4, also probably on Xbox One. Anyway, it was only on Switch and PC, but now it's on Xbox and PlayStation. So if you want to check this out, this game that I have this really deep, passionate, love-hate relationship with, it is now available there. And uh, I think everybody who likes those weird physics games or just really weird games or indie games should check it out. Yeah, and um, be ready for some frustration. Yes. The craziest part, though, the craziest part is this game was designed so that one person would want... Like, if you play couch co-op with your buddy, one person's the right arm, one person's the left arm. Oh, I can't geez. think of anything more impossible than that. Even with... I mean, no way. There's no way two people could coordinate enough to, like, to do this. They'd have to do, like, a... Like a gypsy danger mind meld from like you know from uh pacific rim or something like that right. there's no way two regular people can do this. you know how like those overcooked games can like get people like mad at each other yes like yes, that game yes. would make you like just break up with someone yeah you would get into a fist fight with like yeah. your mom if you guys were playing yeah. it together like it doesn't matter who you, you'd be enemies at the end of it so. actually oh, that's good marketing though yeah you would get into you a got fist, in a fist, fight, fist with fight with your mom. your mom from the game all right they're struggling carlos i got one more thing but what else you got well, I got State of Play. I was going to run through it real quick. Yeah, go ahead, and I'll wrap up with some, because okay. my thing is not game-related. Uh, I'll do these quick, because uh, you know, I don't really have to go through all of them, but I'll just say some standouts that I thought was interesting. And go by the way, last episode, I joked that the State of Play will you know, be up soon, and we're going to watch it soon, and then I said something like, they're not going to talk about anything good. 
I don't believe in the state of play anymore. Yes, yes. I, yeah. Crisis of faith. I remember that. So I was wrong because they fucking released or announced a lot of games and showed a lot of new trailers. And I mean, I was really wrong. I mean, like really, I think it was a lot. Okay. Cool. Um, I, you know, I, I tried to catch it. I didn't catch it. And then I tracked it down on YouTube. going to watch it. Didn't have time. So I oh, honestly, okay. I have no idea what they even showed. I just didn't it's have like time. It's like we're doing the podcast for each other. I'm like, Brad, right. here, I'll tell you something. Tell me all about it. And the rest of our listeners. Um, so yeah, a ton of stuff. The first off they started with, and they started their state of play with Knights of the Old Republic remake for the PS5. That's cool. I'm down. Yeah, because I love that game. And I, you know, the graphics are pretty freaking dated now. Was that PS1? Or is that PS2? PS2, maybe. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. PS2, Xbox, I think original Xbox. Jeez. Maybe. So I seeing so. that and PS5, and I love all the choices and, you know, Star Wars in an RPG kind of feel. Anyways, that's, that's really the cool. one that had the um, the killer droid that called everybody like a meat sack. Wasn't yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Okay, so here's the here's the upshot of that. Number one, great game. I want to play that again. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll polish off the rough parts i want an action figure of that dude man i'm gonna buy the fuck but they're oh. gonna make an action figure this time around because they never made one before yeah they might also also the ship in that game is called like the ebon hawk i think that's right that I ship think, yeah. looks badass dude i want a model of that and i want an action figure of that robot dude and i'm set <laughs> so you just want them to release the game so you can get toys exactly i want the okay. swag that's what i want yes uh they also show project eve it looks really cool it's kind of like a near ish type uh game action game uh, they showed Forspoken, which I was excited about for a while. Uh, it's a girl in a flannel T-shirt. She's taken from the normal world and thrown into a fantasy world where she has powers and stuff. Um, but I guess the guy who wrote Rogue One, which I actually liked that movie. Uh, that was a good movie. Yeah, he helped write this game. Okay, I'm down. I'm yeah, in. Which is interesting because, you know. And it's, such, it's, a, it's a fun thing that I feel like games should do more is like take someone from the in quotes real world and then throw them in a fantasy setting. I don't know why that doesn't happen more. Um, you know what I mean? I'll email some people and find out. Okay. Thank you. Do the research on that. Even though we never do research. Alan <laughs> Wake is getting remastered. I love that game, but I'm not going to play The first it again. Alan Wake? Yeah. Oh man. I know. That's a weird choice. Why it's would a they weird do choice. I think enough younger people didn't play it ever. And so that's all I'm thinking because, and you know, they're going back to what worked for them. Um, the other I games mean, are good too, but did they say that they're going to change it or is it just, just like just, a facelift? Yeah. I think it's a facelift. I think it's a straight oh, up man. like remaster. Remaster means facelift, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah I think that's what it is. Um, GTA, you know, said like they're coming out with their PS5 version, uh, and Xbox series X version, but they're not giving it to people for free. You have to buy it. Wow, really? So, I mean, it's so tough because I love. Are we talking GTA games. Five? Is what we're talking? Yeah, GTA Five, new version. Not they didn't give a, a date. Uh, I think they said this year. Oh no, they did give a date. It's next year, March, March next year. So wait a minute, I'm confused. Help me out here, Carlos. So Sorry. like I, I have never played GTA Five because I'm not really the biggest GTA fan, but I own it. I think I own it like two times. That's crazy, but go on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have it, but I have the disc. I think it came with my PS5, I believe, when I bought it. I think that was the pack-in, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess if I put that disc in now, I'm guessing they must have done something to patch it up for PS5. Or, or did they save all of the next-gen polish for this brand-new you-must-buy-it version? That's the one. That's what they did. Really? Yeah, they want more money because they're not rich enough. Jesus Christ! They then they they have made so much money off people buy. That's like the number one game 
for sales like every year since it's been fucking released how do they need more money i know gta online just prints money every second so yeah exactly it's it's a bad move in my opinion like i i feel like i don't i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna buy it i mean i love open worlds i love that game i beat it and it's gta whatever but i right now I'm, i want their next gta game um so yeah i probably won't get it because if it was a free update i was like excited to jump back in but there's no reason i'm not gonna pay it 60 no see this is a, this is a trend we need to stop dude because like i I, I get that it it's not free to do upgrades, right? Like to, to put these new graphics in, to polish things up, make sure there's no bugs. It costs money. I get that. I totally do. But at the same time, like buying a brand new version, I mean, I it at, at most I want to see is like a 10 buck upgrade for people who exactly. already own it. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you give know, a, just a cheaper update. Yeah. 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 Cover the cost, cover the cost, get people paid. I'm not going to pay a brand new full price price for a game that I already own. Like fucking no way, dude. $10. By the way, if it's $10 or $15, right? times yeah. millions you're fine and they already have all the money anyway yeah they do okay uh, let's not waste any more breath on them but uh, that's something that happened um there's a game called chia t-c-h-i-a where you morph into different things it looks cute i just I wrote a note of it um okay. guardians of galaxies coming out october 26 that looks fun is that separate from the Avengers? That's not an add-on for the Avengers. No, no, no. I, we talked about this thing? on the podcast. Um, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Did we? Yeah, we did. And um, I'm excited for it because I forgot. Oh, my goodness. Don't do the research. But it's a developer we know. We all know. Oh, my goodness. Don't have to look it up. You look oh, it up. God. Now i got to look it up. All right. It's coming out October 26th, so very soon. And it's really, really fun. It looks like um, almost, uh, what's the word? Dragon Age. And the fact that like you are playing this game with a bunch of characters in their party action-y or whatever um and then you know they when whatever you do your decisions kind of actually affect how they talk to you and like how they think of you and like your personal relationships so oh man so so this is interesting right so idos montreal right um this is interesting because i feel like the avengers has um has pooped in the swimming pool because i feel like anytime i see a marvel game now I'm expecting it to be dumb like the Avengers and part of the Avengers because oh. the Avengers is kind of like their ongoing game as service sort of a thing. Yeah. So I I genuinely thought this was like a DLC for that. I didn't realize it was its own thing. And plus, I just expect it to suck now because I thought the Avengers was not good. Well, so. you shouldn't. And that's what I'm here talking about on the podcast because yeah. it's going to be good. I have a feeling it's going to be like a solid eight from when I've watched enough coverage and actual gameplay for like an hour of it. Um, it looks just like a fun action like RPGs game and the fact that like you your choices do make some decisions you know or your decisions to make some like um, effect on the on the players that you're with so it's just interesting uh, how they have the party together with you and you do different things and you know there's a lot of communication between the different members of the guardians wow. that's interesting but I think it also ties back to like how carefully you have to manage IPs and and PR and all the things you have to do because honestly. I feel like the Avengers like was such a missed opportunity and like soured the pot for so many people. Yeah. That I mean, like for me, I love Marvel, dude. You will be hard pressed to find somebody who loves Marvel more than I do. Dude, I bought and the I game. Have, yeah, I've just like I'm just like I just don't even listen to the Marvel games anymore because I expect them to be all crap because of the Avengers crap. So yeah, it well, just it kind of shows a show you can really corrupt like your 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 vibe if you're not careful. Yeah, you really can, and I think that um you know I they really did do a lot of like released a lot of gameplay for that so. If you go out on YouTube and check it out, you'll see. I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Uh, yes. Last few, uh, Uncharted Remastered, I don't care. Um, I don't care either. Radiohead, they, they're they doing some sort of, I love Radiohead, some sort of like exhibition. 
uh, in Epic Games. So I guess that's a Fortnite thing, maybe. I don't know. I, just, not, it, I don't know. It just showed maybe. Radiohead like cool visuals, and it said Epic Games, and it said Radiohead exhibition. So I don't know what that meant, but I was interested. And <laughs> the big hitters are all at the end. A Wolverine game. Speaking of Marvel, sure. Uh, but it's by is it Sucker Punch? It's like again, someone like who doesn't have the time to be making a game. I think it's them. Let me see. Cool. Look it up. I'm looking it up. Keep talking. You do that. I'm looking okay. it up. Uh, and then they mentioned Spider-Man 2, which is a big reveal. Um, and then they show Gran Turismo 7, which I believe is this year, finally. Uh, uh, who cares? I know, but it's, you know, it's a long time coming for the fans. And lastly, they showed a little bit of, or like kind of a lot of bit, of the new God of War, which looks incredible. And I love that first game. Yeah, not a great game. Not a great game. You didn't like the, um, you didn't like the remake of God of War. and we. Talked- I loved eight hours of it. Uh, Eight hours of that game is amazing, and then it went on for twelve more hours. I think we mentioned uh, that on the show. We said it was a little too long, but I did love it. So Insomniac is is putting out the right. Game. They're crazy. How do they make so many games? I don't know what they're doing. Mm, man, I don't know, dude. I don't know about this because I'm not. I, I'm kind of not really on board with Insomniac lately. I'm not a huge fan of their recent output. So, well, either way, it's a, a game, and the long and the short of the the state of play is that they mentioned stuff I wasn't ready for you know true they're very true and they showed more footage of things that i was excited about and yeah i think it was just kind of a few different surprises and i wasn't used to that in my state of play so i liked it see this just comes back to the power of the soviet games podcast because they heard you talking shit on our show the last episode yeah they're like god damn it carlos has lost faith he thinks we're not going to bring the heat okay everybody get everybody on the phone we got to get our best shit out there bring the heat we got it. We got to not disappoint Carlos. And somehow they did that retroactively because it's they had amazing, already right? planned the show. It's amazing. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. good on you, Sony. Uh, good on you. They got gotcha. you. All right. Last bit of housekeeping. This quick question. Insomniac did Spider Man, right? They yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Just making sure I have my head. And that's why they were showing Spider Man too. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's like a lot of games. Okay. Uh, last thing that I want to just mention really quickly, not video game related, uh, but you know, we are, as you said at the top of the show, men of a certain age, correct? I guess and I grew up back when I mean, I remember when Transformers came out, right? Like in the Americas here. Uh, I remember when like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe came out yep. like when it was brand new. Right. So those are two toy lines that I have just never, ever fallen out of love with. I've, you know, I've I've had my highs. I've had my lows. Maybe I've taken a few years off because I didn't like that particular line or whatever. But, you know, I've kind of kept a finger on these IPs ever since the you know, 80s, like 83, 84, whenever they debuted, something like that. Um, so I'm kind of in a down period with Transformers right now. Like there's there's been some cool stuff coming out, but uh, there's not really a great cartoon that I'm watching. And some of the recent toys have been kind of like, Meh. so I I have not gotten back into Masters of the Universe or He-Man uh, for a while. Um, nothing's really been going on with that IP for quite a while. But then Revelation happened, right? It came to Netflix. Netflix. Carlos, are you a He-Man fan? Yeah, I had all the toys. I had the the, the uh, Tower of Grayskull, right? Castle of Grayskull. Castle of Grayskull. Um, oh, I had the Justice League Tower. What did I have? Yeah, there was a Justice League. I mean, League. that's a whole... Yeah, just Super Friends, Justice League. Yeah. That's a whole separate... Anyways, yeah, yeah I had uh, all the toys and watched the show all the time and watched the new one on Netflix, too. What did you think of the Netflix one? They've only sh- they've only released half the series. They're still... Oh, like, that's why it's short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really liked it. I don't like the animation. 
um mm-hmm. like at all like it bothers me it's so it's it's in my opinion it's just bad like yeah it almost yeah. reminds me of the old animation we grew up with that even back then i was like you know let's say i don't know 10 or whatever and going like um they could do better <laughs> right you know even back your then kid voice yeah yeah i was like i was trying to do a nerdy you know thing yeah yeah i got that vibe hey, i got you i'm carlos and i'm 10 i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> I've never done Carl's at 10, and that's what he sounds like, I guess. We're going to develop it. We're going to workshop We'll this. workshop that one. So anyways, uh, yeah, I, did, I thought the animation was garbage, actually. and But I really like the theme and the the women empowerment kind of thing as well. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. I love how they just flipped it. They're like, in the very beginning of the series, without a spoiler, you think it's going to be you know the old He-Man. And then they're like, oh, check this out. It's going to be something totally different. Exactly. Um, so I really so, dug it. I, I'm kind of re- waiting to see the the rest of it. I I did not like it that much. I do agree with you 100 that like flipping the script on that, like you said, you think it's going to be about Prince Adam and He Man, and actually it's really mostly about Tila, which is kind of cool. And they've really given her like a a cool redesign. Um, I gotta say I did not like her voice at all. Uh, she was voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy the Vampire. She Slayer. was. Oh, I'm glad I didn't know that. I mean, she's a cool actress, but I just feel like she was really miscast. I just don't right. think that she really brought the heat. She had a very weak voice for Tila, and I feel like Tila needs a really strong, powerful warrior voice. Yeah. Um, also, I really did not like Skeletor's voice, who, again, voiced by Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill, but he's bringing his Joker voice, and, which is a great voice for the Joker, but it just does not fit for Skeletor. I really want like more of the sniveling, kind of sneering kind of voice that he used to do. Anyway, um, I... I had kind of forgotten about He-Man until this popped up. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I actually love He-Man. Let's check this out. Uh, I, I like the theme. Did not like the show, though. I felt like they rushed through it too fast. I felt like I didn't get a good sense of character development. Uh, and just, like, just too much stuff happening too quickly. And I just was like, Rrr. I like the concept, but I just, I like you. I didn't care for the animation either. But what ended up happening was it totally reawakened all of my love for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I was a huge fan back in the day, had all the toys just like you did, watched all the shows, and I collected it pretty religiously over the years. But then it kind of just, you know, it went quiet for a while and nothing was happening, so you kind of forget about it. But I saw this show, and I'm like, this show sucks, but I wonder what's going on with He-Man right now. Is something going on in the toy world? What's happening? And Jesus H. fucking Christ, goddammit, on a cracker. Uh, Yeah, there's lots of stuff happening with He-Man right now, and I'm like, ugh! It threw me into my OCD collector phase Uh-oh. that I've been successfully out of for a while. <laughs> I started Googling shit and getting on eBay and going to my favorite toy store online, which is Big Bad Toy Store. Shout out to them. If you've never been to Big Bad Toy Store, it's like a great place to go for, for all the cool toys that grownups like to buy. Um, oh, my God, dude. I just went into like a death spiral of just like looking at checklists and looking at visual information guides and going to all these different stores. And I just like... I was just like, you know, I had a jug of Mountain Dew that I was pissing in because I couldn't leave my computer because oh, I was geez, like TMI. trying to catch up with shit. I know, right? So anyway, bottom line, uh, there's a new line out called the Origins line, Masters of the Universe Origins. This new line, it's redesigning all of the original characters, looks just like the original characters back in the day from 1984, but polished up the sculpt so they look like a little less rough little less cookie cutter and gave them like a ton of new joints like their elbows shoulders wrists and stuff so i just got some of those um i I got the skeletor was the first one i got if you held him up with the original og skeletor you wouldn't really be able to tell a difference like he looks just like the old one but dude so much more poseable and so much more high quality i was like so excited about it so that's that the origins is going on and by the way real quick to that point 
before I yeah. touch or interrupt you, but if we would have had those when we were kids, it would have been so much more cooler. Oh man, because of the dude, opposable, yes. you know, like or, or joints or whatever like that. I mean, back in the day, just to give you a, a point of comparison, I mean, the original He-Man characters had a shoulder joint, a hip joint, a waist joint, and a neck joint. So that's like five joints. Um, the new one here has like ankle, calf, knee, hip, waist, shoulder, elbow, wrist, and neck. Right, and even so, just the arm could bend would be amazing. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. These these are actually really cool fucking figures, and I like that they look like the old ones because it really does feel like you're going back in time. Cool. So that's cool, but I also want to give a shout-out because the Revelations cartoon, which I did not like, actually has inspired some pretty cool figures. The Revelations action figures are pretty awesome. Um, they're not the best. Uh, I think the 2002 line was like king for that. The sculpts were amazing, but the new Revelation stuff is pretty badass too, so... I'm kind of like I went from collecting no He-Man to collecting <laughs> too many He-Man. Yeah. I've got too much stuff now. So welcome anyway. back to Toycast. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Shout can... out to He-Man. Shout out to He-Man. I, uh, by the way, I, you know, growing up, um, just now we're in a tangent, but like, yeah, toys were huge. I wonder if kids, you know, our uh, our age now, like you know, when we were that age, if the kids now that age. Oh, you you would know because you have a kid. Yes. Um, do they play with his toys as much because they have so many other media to play with? I think it's a different scene. It's a different scene. My son definitely plays with toys for sure, but he's much more selective and he's not uh, like it is a much smaller part of his day. Right. So like he'll definitely play with like um, I mean, his favorite thing is like Titanfall. Right. So he's always got me like chasing down Titanfall stuff, which is the suck because there hasn't been any new Titanfall toys for like a million years. And everything is like at a super premium, which just fucking blows. Um, but like he likes those. He likes some of the old Migos from the 70s, which also sucks because I got to track those down on eBay. Um, but he does like a lot of like imaginative play and stuff like that. But he also does like a lot of online. And that was stuff that we just didn't really have we access to. We didn't even to. have it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like wasn't even a thing. So he'll be like half his day will be like Fortnite with his buddies and half of it will be like playing with a couple toys. But then he's also just like reading books and drawing. So I think it's still a thing for sure. Yeah. But I feel like it's way smaller a part of his day than it was for you and me. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, again, if we had that too, it's not even a judgment because if we had like yeah. uh, the ability to be on the internet or like playing games totally. with friends, it'd just totally. be different. Totally, totally. We didn't have, we like pick up our Nintendo or Turbo Graphics and play it for a minute and, you know, an hour or so and get bored maybe and then go, let's go back to the toys. So quick toy tangent because you brought it up. Yeah. For one thing, I had all the He-Mans, but I had these uh, weird characters based on the comic Warlord. Do you remember Warlord? Oh, yeah, dude. I had some of those back yeah. in the day. Yeah, for and sure. And so I remember that, and I'm bringing this to – this. there's going to be a point to this. And um, and they were the same exact, like, body sculpt. Like the same bulky sculpt. Literally the yeah, same exactly. one. Like, yeah. they just took out the head and made it. Warlord comics, which is an old, old comic series. And so then I also had, like, you know, Voltron, because I love Voltron. Sure. And I always wanted like the big, huge robot that all the lions went together. I could never afford it. But um, I remember having like Hunk from that and a couple different mm-hmm, characters. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do, and I've never told this story, I don't think, is I would take all my action figures and I would generally never play like them as their characters. So I, so I think I'd played He-Man a little bit. But in general, I took some of the He-Man. I took a lot of the enemies. I took some of my Warlord character, my Voltron people, some of my Star Wars figures, and I renamed them, and I made my own series. So it was called The Final Battle, and what I did is I played, and this is, I think, before it existed. I played these stories, and then I would finish the story like 
you know, that day or that evening. And then the next time I p- played with the toys, I'd started up going like previously on <laughs> the final battle series. You were the original serial content creator. I think I did it before it existed is what I'm telling you, Brett. Man, if YouTube had been a thing back then, you would have had like a whole oh, series. Oh my goodness. And so, yeah, like, like, um, this is so weird, but, uh, uh what's in Han Solo was named Mark Rammer for some reason. <laughs> Hunk, Hunk was Bruce Megger. I remember that. Oh and they all had these alter egos and that's who they were in my world. You know, I mean, that's awesome, dude. That's the power of imagination right there, dude. Yeah. And they always and it was always called the final battle because at some point, inevitably at the end, like third act in a Marvel movie, there'd be a huge battle. But of course, it wouldn't be the final battle because there'd be something someone would get away or whatever. But taking a page from Squaresoft, Final Fantasy is never right, the Final Fantasy. Right. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's my little mm-hmm. tangent. But that, it was one of my favorite things in the world to do. And it was like I had my own show uh, and I didn't need like uh, a show. That is amazing. That is a great memory. I love that. Dude. That, is, that is fan. <laughs> final battle. Um, we'll call the, the this episode battle. the final battle. The final battle. All right. So there's that. And just, again, shout out to He-Man. I got to say, just really quickly, I was having a really shit day um, when my Skeletor came in. I was doing this job that I just really didn't want to be doing. I was talking to people I didn't want to be talking to uh, for work. And I was just in a really, really bad mood. And then uh, post office uh, drops off this box. I'm like, oh, shit, is it Skeletor? And it was. Nice. And man, I just, my whole mood just flipped, dude. Like seeing this, like blast from the past. It looked just like I remembered it, but better. And just seeing his little skull face and his blue skin and his little purple brassiere thing that he wore. And I'm like, <laughs> man, this is, this is the best. And totally nostalgia, totally something that would only hit you if you were a person of my age. But man, thank you, Skeletor, for totally shining a ray of much needed light on my day. Like my whole day after that. I had a great day after that. That's awesome. Also, it's kind of dangerous because you're just talking about these now. And I don't have OCD per se, but if you mention toys, let's just say after this podcast, I might be going on the internet looking up some toys. Oh, fuck, dude. It is a different thing when you're an adult and you got the internet, man. Ugh. Dangerous. All right. That's all I've got for housekeeping. You got anything else or is that it? We're like at an hour before we start the show and we have 8,000 games to talk about. No, that's it. Holy shit. All right. Let's go. Our housekeeping is over. Let's get out of the games. All right, we're going to bang these out. One, two, three. Carlos, we're starting with you. Bus Simulator 2021. You surprised me because I got the PR email for this, and I'm like, no one wants to play this. I'm going to just delete this. And then you're like, wait, I'm interested. Let <laughs> eat my own words. So tell us about Bus Simulator 2021, sir. That's almost like a given. If no one's interested, I probably do want to try it out because I'm into those weird games. But the reason I wanted to try this out was because they made a bold claim on the internet. Uh, As you know, I follow Cyberpunk and everything Cyberpunk related in Twitter. And they, I think, replied to somebody about Cyberpunk saying, like, our new game has more people on the streets than Cyberpunk. Oh, shit. You mean the bus simulator devs are talking shit about Cyberpunk? Or their social person, (laughs) I think, probably. That's amazing. And I was like, damn, you know, throw that gauntlet down. Shots fired. Shots fired for sure. But outside of out of a bus while it's driving. Um, So, yeah, that was the main reason. And also, I I actually really do like a lot of the simulator games because they build these little interesting worlds. And it's it can be kind of a meditative experience. Have you played many of them? No, I don't generally go in for simulator games. It's not my jam. Because I messed with that snowmobile one or whatever. Not snowmobile. Um, like snow tread. What that snow truck thing. Yeah, mud, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mud. And mud again, runner. it's like, you know, a friend of the show, January and on, um, you know, we, we both talked about it on a podcast once. And 
it's like a special like death stranding it's like that game's like death stranding where it's like um a war of attrition you know like uh, or even dark souls you're like you have to figure out the ways to to do this game and uh and bus simulator is not as difficult as that because you're just doing a bus but there's lots to do so the first off let me get out of the way their bold claim and see what i what i thought about it so i went to the most populated area i could find uh and got out because you can get out of the bus and walk around okay cool cool uh, third person or first person <clears throat> so i walked around and was you know checking out the people not as detailed as cyberpunk people let's put it that way okay okay uh you can walk through them so they're not really there you know they don't got any substance so they're just you know transparent and then there's probably equal amount in, in as in cyberpunk on my ps5 so but did you count them i didn't count them but i would say there were a lot of people okay and i was like okay whatever you said you're both claim it's kind of accurate now the people models are not even close to looking, you know, as interesting. But they didn't say that, though, to be fair. They, they didn't just say said the that. number, right? They did. So feasibly true. So feasibly what they said was true. Okay. Uh, in other areas, too, like even on, like, the outskirts, there was a bunch of people walking the streets. Now, again, they you can walk right through them. I don't know what that means, if that's, like, a point against them, but um, lots of people. So secondly, then I was like, okay, now I have this game. I've got to play it. Uh, and, of course, you, you inevitably first jump in a bus, just go try to hit everybody, everybody and everything. As you do. As you do. And when you do that in this game, it, it's no fun. Because <laughs> uh, if you hit a person, it just, like, resets your bus. It doesn't show any animation. It just, like, says, you have to pay $20,000. That's it. If you hit a car, <laughs> what? I mean, just $20,000. I'm just laughing at it. Well, that was the number. They, they, yes, they give you like, every time. Oh, you was hit... that an actual number? Yeah, you yeah. Every time you hit a person, it's $20,000. Oh, <laughs> that's even funnier. Okay. Yeah. It's like their insurance claim or something. Uh, and so then I would, you know, that was, got really boring. And then I hit cars and the cars do have physics. So I was able to like turn over a car in the, you know, the intersection. And that was, made me giggle a little bit. Uh, but again, everything you bump into in this game, it's like a thousand dollars, $1,500. So it's really distracting you or detracting you from hitting things. Huh. So that fun is not to be had. So don't go to this particular game, Bus Simulator 2021, looking for, Hey, I can wreak some havoc. It's not fun to wreak havoc. At any point, do you like get fired for like killing too many people or hitting too many things? No, I hit a lot of people, and uh, they were just like, "You got to pay a lot of money, buddy." Okay. And I was like, "I don't have money, so I'm gonna go this way." <laughs> and I got <laughs> out of the bus. They started running. Um, I also got the bus stuck in a field somewhere, like straight up stuck. Like have to restart the game stuck. Uh, so that was good on me. So then I actually played the game for real. Um, you know, it's it's an average game. I think it's like if you want a simulator game, like, you know, to meditative kind of experience, go, you know, control a bus. It does those things. It's like I mean, a, are you like on a bus route? Like, I mean, I get that you're driving a bus, but like, do you need to be at the third street stop by 1015 and right. you got to get to the fourth street stop by 1012 or like, you know, like, is that how it goes? There's or? many things. So there's definitely like a sandbox mode. You can just kind of go around and pick up people and do what you want at your leisure. But the main tutorial is what I played, and then I played a little bit of the in quotes campaign. And that's, yeah, essentially like doing certain objectives, you know, completing certain bus routes. And what's interesting in the simulator part of this is that everything you do on the bus, you've got to control. And you don't realize how much stuff that is until you actually start getting in there. Because when I first got in, she's like, okay, turn the lights on. And I'm like, I did. The lights are on. She's like, no, in the bus. 
You know, like there's all these different lights that are in a bus, right? right? So I'm switching switches. I'm, you know, doing everything. And then as you're going, you know, you stop at the bus stops. You let the people in with a certain button. And then, like, there was a wheelchair person, which I thought was really great, like, to show accessibility. I had to, like, lower the ramp. Cool. And then do I had they do a good tutorial? How's the tutorial on this? It's pretty good. I had to, like, learn how to take, like, certain money. Of, like, people don't have a card. You know, they have to actually pay cash. Oh, sure. Which sure. I always hate doing in the bus myself. Like, uh, you know, I had to, like, give them change. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is <clears> annoying. <laughs> Got to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I, it was just, like, straightforward. Like, here's all the things you would have to do on a bus route. Uh, Interesting. And then Interesting. finish it up. So it was a lot more than I thought I would have to do. But it was also inevitably funny, too, because you can get out of the bus and walk around the bus at any time. So I, I immediately, like, stopped the bus just in the middle of the street well, with a bunch of passengers on and just went back to, like, you know, see what they're doing. And I heard one person, like, talking on the phone loudly and they were like saying about their dinner tonight and all that stuff. And that was kind of interesting. And then I noticed you could hit a button to say, present ticket, please. <laughs> so it's like you could like judge people and be like, you know, I don't believe that you have a ticket. Like, I don't know what that was for, but it was made me laugh. Interesting. I mean, that sounds pretty fun. I, I mean, to me, it all comes down to the tutorial, really, because... Uh, my only real experience with a sim like this was Train Simulator. I don't know if it's from the same company or not, but uh, I we we played Train Simulator. My son at that time was really into trains, and so that was what motivated me to buy it. Um, so I started playing Train Simulator, and I was immediately struck that the tutorial just was garbage because I'd get in the train seat, and they're like, yeah. I mean, and then it was like, then what? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the steps for starting a train. Oh, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, what's what does this switch do? What does so this switch do? So many switches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. You got to tell oh, me yeah. what to do because it's like it's like they expected me to be a retired train conductor reliving his glory days. And that's just not me. Like, you got to tell me what to do. So as long as this one has a pretty decent tutorial, then maybe that's OK. No, that's all. It, that's all it was. Like, I was literally learning about all these different switches, okay. you know. Well, that's good. That's Yeah, good. yeah. So I think it, it, it does what it does, you know, fine. And um it's nothing like, you know, right home about when it comes to graphics, but I don't think I ever was trying to be that. I just was a little disappointed because I'm like, if you have a game that's doing that already and you're simulating like a city and, you know, I always like walking around towns and looking at like the fake foods and advertisements. It's like fun to be in that world, you know, but then just add a little bit more physics and realism because it's like that's the only thing I was missing because, you know, I feel like if you drive the bus in any way that's not kind of perfect then you're not going to have a good time, you know? And mm. the real world does have physics. You know, there's bumps in the road, and then it's just like different things happen. So that's the only thing. That's a small little complaint for me. But, yeah, it was kind of relaxing and meditative when I actually just try to drive the bus and pick up people. And I felt cool. good. I felt good when they got off, you know? I was like, I lowered the ramp. I, you know, um, collected the money, and I went home, and, Yeah. There you go. That's the uh, catchphrase for Bus Simulator 21. Carlos felt good when they got off. Excellent. <laughs> when they got off the bus and I could go back to the break room. <laughs> you Moving on. Person. Moving on, folks. Uh, Carlos, we're going to stick with you for a minute here. Thronebreaker, Witcher Tales Thronebreaker. You mentioned at the very tail end of the show last week that you were going to jump into this because you were searching for something new to play. I have played Thronebreaker a great deal, have not finished it. Um, and I have definite thoughts, but let's hear what you had to say about this. This is a, the, an offshoot from the Witcher series. It's in the same universe. I believe it actually happens, if I'm not mistaken, 
before the events of Witcher 3, stars a brand new main character. I think her name is Meeve. Is that right? Meeve? Yes. I... And she is the queen of a land. I don't know exactly which land it is. And I love her as a character. I wasn't sure that uh, CD Projekt Red would be able to deliver another character that I loved as much as Geralt. But man, I love Meeve a lot. I think she's great. And it takes the... Um, what is that card game? The, uh, the Gwent. Card game. What's it? Gwent. It takes the Gwent mechanics, thank you, and makes an entire game out of that. So every battle is like Gwent. And so you talk to people, and when it's time to fight, you do some Gwent. I'm not a Gwent fan. I avoided it in Witcher 3, but I got to say, I think they implemented it pretty well here. So I am very curious to hear your thoughts on Thronebreaker. This is a pretty short review, so get ready for it. Do you hate it? <laughs> well, usually when it's a longer review, I like it. Oh, snap. All right. Do tell. Do well, tell. It's just the biggest problem is that, like, I really enjoy the presentation. I'll say all the positives first. Sure. Like you said, and you probably mentioned it on this podcast, I think. You probably reviewed it on this I'm show. I'm sure I did. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, the art style is very cool. It's kind of like a color. What's the word? Like um, Kind of a watercolor. Watercolor. Sort of yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, what's that word? Color, but with uh, water. Oh, watercolor. Watercolor look. Uh, cartoony look. And, you know, I like the idea that you walk around in, like, the the villages and stuff and are picking up resources uh, and doing things like talking to people and RPG ish type stuff. Yes. And then when you do battles, you're battling, battling with a card battler. So I never liked Gwent. That's the main thing you're going to take away from this review. Sure. Sure. So um, I thought that this game was using, like you said, the Gwent like card mechanics and making a whole type of new game in a way. Because I do like some card battling games. But this was essentially Gwent again. Yes. And I don't want to play Gwent again. So I'm out. <laughs> I'm fucking out. I'm fucking out. Oh, I, man, no, that was no, no. quick. That nope. was so quick. I'm moonwalking away because I did like a couple battles and I just sucked all the time. And that's what happened in Witcher. I was like, oh, I have to play this Gwent game for like a campaign. And that's the only time I played it. But every time I played it, I just did, my brain doesn't get it. Like you mm. have to have more points than the other one, but you can also attack at the same time. But then, what, shouldn't you be worrying about getting more points or more, you know, allocated points on your side, or, or should you be attacking? There's a front line and a back line. I don't get it. <laughs> other people out there are laughing at this and going like, "I love it. it's my favorite experience," and I I bought the separate Gwent game. I just it's not for me, and I'm moonwalking away. I mean, that's fair. If you don't like Gwent, you don't like Gwent. And to and to be honest, I didn't like Gwent in Witcher 3 either. I only played, like, I think you have to play Gwent, I think, twice in the entire 150-hour yeah. campaign. So I played those two battles, and I was, like, done. I didn't, I didn't touch it because I just didn't want to play it, and I didn't like it. And honestly, I struggled to even understand it at the time. Uh, I don't think they did a good job of tutorializing it. But I was very curious to see what they were going to do with Thronebreaker. And I feel like it was a much better experience this time around. Um, I, I, you know, I went into it knowing that it was a card battling using the Gwent mechanics. And it is. There are traditional Gwent battles and there's also puzzle battles, which kind of give you like a special challenge and you have a certain number of turns. So they do like a couple spins on those. Usually those are like monster battles where, you know, oh, it's a giant ogre. and You've got three turns to defeat the ogre. And here are a specific set of cards that are not in the regular deck or something. So they do change it up and keep it fresh. Um, but I feel like I understood it better this time around. I was able to, like, comprehend what the rules of the game were. So I got through it this time, whereas I did not get through it in Witcher. Mm. And I got to say, the story just, like, really carried it for me because I feel like the writing is super strong in Thronebreaker. 
Meave is so fascinating as a character. She's a strong lady queen. You've got some great decisions where you just agonize over what you want to do, which is exactly like it was in Witcher 3. Strong supporting cast. Surprise things happen. I mean, the story is just like is phenomenal in Thronebreaker. I really love it. And I did I did like end up liking the Gwent battles. Um, not my favorite thing in the world, but I, I liked them enough. And the story just really made the whole experience. So Interesting. I, I got real busy. I got three quarters of the way through it and I wanted to finish it, but then got real busy and I haven't touched it since. So I'm probably in a bad spot if I want to pick it back up. But I, I have nothing but great things to say about it. But with the caveat being like you got to go in on Gwen. If you're not going to get on the yeah. Gwen, then there's nothing here for you. That's for so. sure. And I'm I'm with you on the story too because I like the parts that I was seeing and I like the different um you know perspective on the character and the fact that she's his queen and stuff. So I really dug a lot a lot of uh, parts of it. I just when it came to the actual battling, which is a bunch of stuff you're doing in this game. It's like um, it's like it's like three quarters of the game is Gwent. So yeah. if you can't if you can't do the Gwent, then don't bother. But if you think you might do the Gwent, or if you want to give it another shot. This is definitely the way to go. I, I love this game a lot. I think it's amazing. It's really, really good. Uh, but I will use this time to say I'm excited to watch the Witcher's uh, movie that just came out on Netflix. Man, I have Let me know how it is. We saw the trailer and we all got excited for it. And then we just like forgot about it. I know. I, I, I just remember because I was messing with Thronebreaker and I was like, well, I don't want to play this, but I do like the Witcher. <laughs> so, hey, look, it's out on Netflix, the movie. Yeah. So circling back to a point you made earlier, though, I got to say, I'm really like falling out of love with Netflix's animation. I feel like it's really low quality. Animation. Right. There's a lot of Netflix animation I do not like. So I agree with you on that. It just doesn't look good. They got to put some more bucks into it. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So there's Thronebreaker. Let me take over for a bit here. Uh, quick shout out to Bonfire Peaks. Um, this is a puzzle game, which I believe is either out today or it's coming out tomorrow, like really, really soon. By the time this podcast is up, I'm sure it'll be out by then. Uh, this is a puzzle game that somebody told me was a Sokobond puzzle game. But I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know the exact terminology or definition of that word. I don't either. So. I don't know. I have to look it up, and I meant to look it up before the show, and I didn't look it up because we don't do any research here. Mm-mm. But someone said it was a Sokoban game. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's accurate. But what this game is, um, is you play a guy who is at the base of a mountain, and it's very kind of like Minecrafty, pixely the way it looks. Um, and the, and what you do is you have a box of stuff. It is your stuff, and the game starts out by saying, "Burn your stuff," because I guess he's having, I don't know, an emotional problem. He just got up. From a breakout, a breakup, or maybe he's somebody died or something. I, they don't tell you. Like, there's no setup or anything. It's just like you're at the base of this mountain and they want you to burn your stuff. That's all you know. So I'm guessing maybe he, you know, girlfriend left him or boyfriend left him <laughs> or who knows what, right? Yeah. So you got a box of stuff and you take it to a, a bonfire that's in front of you and you burn it and it's just like stuff is burned and then a little box appears, like a, a, a crate, which is weird. Because you burn a box, but then you get a box. So it's kind of not what I expected to happen. You take the new box and you bring it to like a little cliff that's nearby. You put that new box down. You climb up the box to get up the cliff. And then there's another campfire. And every new campfire you find gives you a new puzzle where you are figuring out how to take this box of stuff and burn it. Uh, And they get progressively harder from there. So like at first, it's simply just pick up the box. But then it's like pick up the box and figure out how to climb a set of stairs. And you have to take into account that the box is in front of you when you are holding it. So, like, you know, you might bump into things with the box, so you got to go backwards. You do a lot of backwards walking in this game because you're carrying the box, which is weird 
Because in real life, I carry boxes all the time, and I almost never walk backwards with a box. Oh, that's dangerous. So, it's just straight up dangerous. It's straight up dangerous. So this this game is very danger prone. Um, so it's like that. So you got to figure out how to like what moves. You know, three steps forward and then a left turn will let you fit the box through whatever obstacle is in front of you. And then you like burn the box, and then you get another box and use that box to climb up to the next cliff. And then there's more fires up there, and on and on you go. I like the visual presentation; is pretty good. Uh, it's Minecrafty, but it's got you know it's got some flavor to it. It's not just a straight up clone of Minecraft. Very detailed and kind of nuanced. I like the graphics of it, um, but I will say I would like more context. I would like to know why I'm burning boxes. I think a little bit more motivation would help me. And I will also say that my brain struggles with these kind of puzzles because I'm only maybe not even 10 puzzles in. And I hit one where I just was like, this is impossible. There's no way mm. this has got to be a glitch. I can't figure this out. My, <laughs> it's brain, a glitch. my brain can't process this. Um, so it's tough. If you've got a brain that does these kind of puzzles, go for it. Um, if you don't like these kind of puzzles, maybe watch some videos first or something. This reminds me of um, a monster's expedition, which we talked about a couple weeks ago where I thought it was a really great game, but my brain just was not able to process those kind of like spatial puzzles. Mm. This is kind of more of that where you got to figure out, you know, where do I put the box? And then I step on the box and how do I pick the box back up? And then I can't turn left because the box is too sticking out too far. How oh. do I, you know, it's like one of those things. So it's, it's cool, but I struggle. And I think if I had more story motivation, I probably would feel more, more on fire to kind of figure it out. So oh, it's, pun intended. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Bonfire Peaks. It's very interesting. I'm going to keep chipping away at it. I think, I think it's going to be a good bedtime game. Maybe do two or three of these before bed. And then, you know, come back to it the next day or something like that. So. Okay. It is a Sokoban game. That's what I saw a tag that says Sokoban. Does I, it say what that means? No, I, I didn't. I just saw it has a tag that says Sokoban. All right. I don't know what so that means. We puzzly look it type game. And um, by the way, I'm getting flashbacks of Callback again. Uh, Lolo. The Adventures of Lolo. The Adventures of Lolo. Very similar. Yes. Very and, similar. But in, um, but in 3D. But in 3D. And Boxy Boy. Similar, yeah. Very I think similar. I played Boxy Boy on my Game Boy, or like original Game Boy, way back in the and day. And yeah. those annoyed the shit out of me. So I don't, I would, don't think I would like this. Yeah, this is definitely all about. This is a simple problem that is made complex by having to be very particular about how you move boxes around. And sometimes that works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. This one I feel like is going to break my brain, but we'll see what happens. All right, all right. That is Bonfire Peaks. Also. Uh, changing gears, I want to give a big, big shout out to Weapon of Choice uh, DX, which is now out on the Switch, which is where I'm playing it. I believe it's on Xbox. I believe it's on PlayStation. Uh, this game came out was one of the original Xbox indies way back in the day. XBLI on, yeah, uh, XBLA. on 360. XBLA. Yep. Yes, exactly. Um, dude, one of the like one of the original games to come out like as an indie game on a console back in the day. This is put out by Mommy's Best Games. Uh, uh, and the developer's name is Nathan Fouts. Full disclosure, we've had Nathan on the show before. Yep. Uh, he is a great guy. I love Nathan Fouts. He is, I mean, honestly, he's not paying me to say this, but I feel like he is an unsung genius in the game games field because everything that he does, I feel like is so interesting and fresh and just takes a different perspective on things. I really, I wish I was like rich, right? Like if I was like a rich guy, I would give Nathan Fouts like $10 million and be like, dude, pay your bills for like the next two years and make me whatever you want to make me. And I don't care what it is because whatever it is is going to be awesome. I just want you to make, I want you to have the money to make whatever you want to make. Right. Yeah. Like I want to give this guy the freedom to do that because every time he's produced something, it's been fucking awesome. And I love all of his games. When we talked about, talked to him on the show, I was like, yeah, Oh, that game. And then that game. And like, 
yeah, I just love all his ideas. And if he had just like a little bit more money, you know, uh, like you said, some funding, some road, road, what's it called? Roadway? No. No, that's not right. When you have road ahead of you and runway. Runway? Give him some runway? I mean, sure, that makes sense, I guess. I guess it doesn't. Never mind. I failed. I failed. I'm moonwalking away. I'm moonwalking (laughs) away. I'm moonwalking away. So I love Nathan Fouts. Full disclosure, I love Mommy's Best Games. I'm just putting that out there. I love their games. This is, the I think, the first one that I ever saw from them. And it's great. I was like, I love it. I loved it back in the day, and I haven't played it for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. And I played it on the Switch, and I'm like, oh, God, it's still great. This game is so great. Uh, it's a 2D, kind of like a Contra, like a run-and-gun sort of a game. But Mommy's Best Games is famous for, like, irreverent humor, which is, like, crazy stuff. All the monster designs are, like, ridiculous. There's, like, this monkey that has a mouth for a head and has eyeballs on his butt. And there's, like, weird little eggplants that are full of jelly. And there's, like, spiders that have, like, hairy legs, but they look like they've got this weird kind of core to them. Like, just crazy stuff in this game. Like, just really bizarre stuff. Um, but the hook of it, is that you have a bunch of characters. Each character has a different ability. Like the first guy has a jet engine as his gun. Like 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 he ripped it off of a 747 and the turbine starts spinning and it shoots out like hot air and that's his gun. He can also use it to like boost a little bit. Um, like one of the ladies has uh, a sword that shoots out blades. One person has like this like energy chainsaw. I just played a guy that shoots uh, like balls that turn into like little blade spinny things. Um, and they all have like different, like they all play differently. Um, but they also all come with a spider spider pack, which is what it's called in the game, where you have these metallic arms coming out of your back. And if you jump on a platform or jump on a wall, like these little metal arms come out of your back and they grab onto the wall and they will climb for you because your arms are so busy shooting enemies all around you. And I thought that was so cool and neat and it looks really neat. Uh, I love how everybody's so different. And there's three different paths to go on three different like little storylines and you can finish the game. Like if you um, just want to have fun, put on easy or something. I mean, you can finish one run in like 20 minutes or something. So you just like, boom, 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 rapid iteration, go through. Uh, you can unlock more characters as you go. You got to rescue them. And the hilarious thing is like, you'll find these characters who are like shot or something. They're like laying on the ground and they're like, help me. You run over there, you pick them up, you sling them over your shoulder, like, you know, like army style. And then you proceed to like do the entire rest of the level with that guy on your shoulder, like you're like double jumping and shooting and the guy is still there, like bouncing on your back, like bleeding yeah. all over the place. Fucking great. It's fuck. It's funny. It's absurd. It's hilarious. Uh, really, really good. But the gunplay is great. Everybody's gun is weird. Um, the jumping is weird, but in a good way, like everybody jumps slightly differently, which is kind of fun. Enemies are goofy. The story is goofy. I just, I just love this game. Like it's so creative and so fresh. It's, it still feels just as good today as it did back, back 10 years ago or whatever it was. So, um, I strongly recommend if you listen to this show, if you like the games that I like and you haven't played weapon of choice, please go check it out. I definitely think it's worth your time. It's so interesting and so off the wall and so funny. Um, I just can't imagine anybody who listens to the show, not having a great time with it. And there's more now it's available in more places basically. Yeah. Uh, for the DX version, I don't have the press release in front of me, but I believe there is some extra content. There might be one or two extra characters or something like that. There's definitely some new content there. I apologize for not doing my research before. As we said, we don't do research. We don't do research. But there is something new to this new um, DX version. So, yeah. But anyway, regardless, uh, great game. It's light. It's fun. It's easy. It's really creative. It's fresh. It's full of, of laughs. I, I love it. I love it so much. Weapon of choice, DX. Playing it on the Switch. It's a great port to the Switch, but it's also basically everywhere else. Check it out. Check it out. All right. 
Carlos, back over to you. Um, we're going to talk about Grid Force Mask of the Goddess. This is a preview. And I have to say, I have to apologize to the developer. I was really, really, really high up on my list to play this game, but I just ran out of time. I've had a really busy week with work and real life things, so I just didn't have time. I apologize for that. I wanted us to kind of two-man discuss this game, but I am glad that you had the time to hit it. I don't know really anything about it other than it's kind of like a female-focused sort of a strategy game or something like that? You want, uh, you want to fill us in here? Yeah, and uh, the good news for you is if you don't have much time, it's a great pick-it-up-and-play-and-then-put-it-down game. So I love those. I love Right those. after this podcast later tonight when you have some time, I think it, you'll love it. I think it's a really quick and easy jump in and, and play it for a little bit. You get a little story, you get a little action. And what is that story and what is that action? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Uh, and by the way, it's not coming out till 2022 officially. So this is a preview. Uh, it's not all done, but I did play a lot. Um, so it's you play the role uh, of this woman named Donna, and she is kind of going on a self-discovery mission on her own, but also is trying to recruit other superhero-type people to go on a mission with her. And won't tell too much more of the story because it's a really cool story. The story is told through like manga style. Uh, so, okay. So you know those little comic book frames? Uh, yes. Which we've seen a lot in games, but the manga inspired frames. So it's like a lot of lines, you know, a lot of stuff you'd see in manga. So that's a very cool way to tell it. Uh, it's black and white, too. So black and white manga looks like you're just reading a comic book in that way. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, she basically goes around and recruits uh, different women. So it's all female a team of heroes. Okay. And I'm down. What was that? I'm down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought you said and men, and I was like, no. I said all female. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I'm down with an all female. Yeah, for it's sure. super cool, and it's like very like uh, representative. Bro, I fucked it up. Representative of like different types of women. You know, there's like a woman in a chair. You know, I'm not sure if she's disabled or not, but she's like you know in a floating chair. Uh, there's a bigger woman. There's a smaller woman. There's a you know average size woman. They all have all different shapes, all different sizes, all different powers. Uh, different ethnicities, you know, it's like really cool representation. So I like that about it. Um, and what the game is, it's like a, a style of game I've never played, which is okay. kind of like a shoot 'em up, uh, which is, you know, what we just talked about. Um, what's the, what's mommy's best games? Shoot 'em up game. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, run and gun. Run and gun. And so you, you're on a grid, and it's almost like a dodgeball kind of thing or volleyball thing where there's a line. So you can only go in certain squares on your side, and the enemy can go in certain squares on their side. Okay. Okay. And you can go anywhere anywhere you want. It's not turn based. It's action based. So, and what you're doing is you're shooting towards the enemy, and they're shooting back at you, and they're moving around. So it's just trying to figure out where they're going to be, kind of timing it right. And then you have like and this a, is all happening in real time. You said it's not real turn-based. time, not turn based. Okay. So that's what it's kind of like a shooter in that way. Uh, like a shoot 'em up kind of game, but then at the same time, you know, you have like mana points or whatever to to you know, you have to do the special moves. They're going to cost you know some points, um, so you can't just like spam it, right? Like like not a straight shooter where you could just spam all the buttons. So you got like resource manage is what I'm saying, and then you can at the flick of a button switch characters. So say your one character is out of something, you can switch to another character and they have full charge, right? And they can do all their specials. But the specials are really cool and way different. Like this one girl, uh, the bigger girl, she's got this huge gun. and But yet, it doesn't shoot like explosives like you might think. It shoots like this poison stuff. And there's like this poison cloud. And it like takes a, a, over a huge part of the map. So there's a lot of strategy 
but it's all in real time, kind of like a shoot 'em up. Do you control one person at a time? One person at a time and flicking between different characters. So you basically okay, tag so in and out uh, gotcha. the different people, and you recruit those people in the stories, right? So like, as you're doing the story, you'll find someone new and talk to them, learn a bit about them, and then they can join you in this battling. So the moment-to-moment gameplay is super fun. Like, I just found myself continually playing it. Like, yeah, I really do. It's an interesting story. But, like, I really like like the opposite of Gwent, where, like, <laughs> the main mechanic of, of that game I didn't like. The main mechanic of this game I like almost the most. Okay. Um, again, it's just some style that I've never played before, which is, like, uh, I hope I'm explaining it right. But it's you're shooting to the right side of the screen, and you're on the left side of the screen. But again, you're moving like little boxes, like hexes, uh, and you're kind of just trying to time where the enemy's going to be. And so, the, so the battlefield is grid-based. You're on one side, enemy is on the other side, and it's moving in real time. So you're trying to like predict where the enemy is going to move to. You're going to try to shoot to like hit them as they're moving. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Or right? if they're sitting still, you can hit them. You can daze them, right? So once, okay. you, once you daze them, again, like an action RPG, then you can go ahead and do all your crazy moves on them from there. Um, and then there's like teleport skills. Like each character is definitely like totally different style, um, which makes. And it is really it like fun. a top down or side view? Like what does it look like? Yeah, that top down isometric, whatever you call it. Isometric. Okay. No, sure. I think it's just straight top down. Yeah. Top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isometric is more of a yeah an angle. This is just straight top down and like cartoony okay. graphics. So um, yeah, I really like it. It's something I don't think I've played before, and we play every game. So I want you to play it and then talk about it on the show at some point because I don't think we've played this style of game. I'm going to have to check this out. You know, I as we say, I don't really play barely anything on PC. That's kind of changed a little bit recently because of uh, uh, people have been asking me to, to feature games on the podcast, which I'm happy to do when we get a you know when we get a chance. But I just it's I just don't play a lot of games on PC. But when I did see the trailer for this one, um, I thought it was pretty cool looking. So now that I'm hearing you talk about it and in such a positive way. Uh, I definitely want to hit it. I mean, I meant to get to it earlier, and I do apologize I didn't have time to get to it. But I, I, I have a code. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to make some time tonight. I think so. This is, uh, this is very intriguing to me. I definitely want to check this out. Well, I, I'll say again, the other thing that's just really, really refreshing, besides the gameplay, which I love, and I don't think I've played before in a game, is that yeah, like the way that you interact with the characters and learn about their own, like you know, aspirations and issues and traumas and stuff, is cool because it's again, you know going deeper than an action game where you're actually learning about like what these people are about and they have to trust you. And if they trust you, then they can join your team. So there's a lot of that kind of uh, story building and and character um, reveals and stuff like that as well. So you mix those two together and it's just a really cool concept. Man, you've got me very interested. I am going to fire this up as soon as we get done with the show. It feels like a Brad game when it comes to like, you know, this has got to be on the switch at some point you would think. Um, because I could see you playing this on the Switch, but yeah. All right, my interest is peaked. I am definitely going to check this out. So again, uh, this is called what is it called? This is called Grid Force: Mask of the Goddess. Is that right? Yep, and it's by Playtra Games. And again, it's a kind of a preview now, but it'll be out uh, next year. And I really like it. I think it's oh, I, I didn't even mention. I guess there is like some PvP stuff and co-op. Um, I, oh, okay. I didn't even get to that, but I'm sure that even like adds another uh, gem in your hat. I don't know what the, the, the thing is, but another reason why you'd want to play it. I do keep gems in my hat. It's a very you safe do. place to keep you them do. because That's when true. people stick you up, like 
as you're you're riding your horse through the fields between kingdoms and you get you know pulled over by these like roadmen they never shake your hat that's the best place to put your gems oh i didn't think about that yeah i'm gonna yeah. start putting gems in my hat there you go oh, i'm glad there i i, I kind of want to call the episode that gems in my hat <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> that good. is grid force mask of the goddess this sounds awesome i gotta make some time for it. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play it tonight play it tonight do it carlos we're gonna stick with you for another minute here the Artful Escape is a game that I talked about either last episode or the episode before. Uh, it is kind of, I described it as a 2D hand-drawn music video uh, telling the story of this guy who wants to get out from under the shadow of his uncle, who's like a folk singer, but he wants to be like a sci-fi kind of rock epic sort of dude. Gets taken up into space and goes on these adventures, playing guitar, meeting aliens and all sorts of stuff. I thought it was great. I had a great time with it, and I think the very next day after we talked about it, it came to Game Pass, yeah. and so it was available to you and everybody else who has Game Pass, so I'm guessing you played it? Yeah, I know. We finished that episode, and I was like, hey, Brad, can you give me a code for the thing? Because I don't want to play that game. I don't want to play that game. And you're like, I think it's on Game Pass now. <laughs> and I was like, It was like literally hours later yeah. in Game Pass, yes. Um, I didn't finish it, but I will. There's, just no, there's, there's kind of a personal reason I might do a tangent on that at the end of this uh okay i mean yeah go preview. You can do it now if you want to i don't care we're, we're very open here on the podcast so let's do we that. are very accommodating very flexible so yes. the things that i love about it it's everything you said it was on the episode uh go back and listen if you want to it's a beautiful colorful such amazing graphics and the fact that they're so simple they're 2d but they are just vibrant and glowing and the the atmosphere and the world uh and kind of just setups they make are just so cool like it is a music video. It's, in my opinion, it's more like an indie film. Um, your main mechanic, again, like you said, as you play your, the main character uh, plays guitar. So there's like a Simon Says, you know, playing guitar, guitar hero mechanic. And that it's fun. But for me, it's, you know, it's about that story and it's about meeting those characters. Um, and yeah, like you said, you play as a kid who's just trying to get out of his um, uncle's shadow. It's straight up Bob Dylan. Like it's just totally. Bob it even Dylan. looks like him. Yeah, it looks like looks him just too. like him. And the music sounds like him, and his music's like all over town. And 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 that's an interesting story about yeah, someone wanting to try to be their own person. Uh, so I think anybody listening to this and it kind of feeling those feelings, it's a good game to go through. You know, and when you're in that mindset or if you're having those you know moments in your life, um, Jason Schwartzman, who I love, the actor, he's in this, but he doesn't voice the main character, which is what I thought he did. He voices an alien. Uh, so which alien is he? Do you know? He was the first one you meet that comes down and is like the bug alien. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And so it's like kind of a departure in a way, you know. It's like, oh, he's he, that's who he's playing. Uh, and then yeah, everybody in the cast is really cool, and I love the music. And he's totally like you know on a mission to become Ziggy Stardust. Like that's definitely absolutely what it is. yes, absolutely. Um, so I love it. That's my short review. But, but you don't, though. You don't sound like you love it at all. Well, I'll tell you, there's a little tangent. So okay. before I leave the fact of the game, you know, uh, the other mechanics, I guess, are it's very simple. Yeah, there's like a, some choices, not really. There's some dialogue. It's really just running and jumping and going through the story. And yeah, it's like an interactive indie film, in my opinion, which is great. So I love all of it. I love the music. I love playing the guitar. Uh, it's so beautiful. The only reason I'm not finishing it right now it's actually very hopeful and optimistic and it's like here's this character who's going to start his new life this is a debbie downer for sure 
but I'm like struggling right now in the world. <laughs> like what I'm going to do next, like what's my next move, you know, how I do my creative stuff, um, just everything, like where am I going to live? And weirdly enough, the game can't resonate with me right now because I'm not in a place to have resolve, if that makes sense. Like sometimes games like those can help you and be like, oh, give you inspiration. But for me, I usually have to like be in the same space as the character. And this character like has a lot going for him and is gonna, you know, be taking a space and do all these things. And I just feel like, I don't know, I had to put it down and I was like, this isn't my world right now and I can't enjoy it. Wow. Isn't that weird? Interesting. Interesting. I, I mean, that makes sense. I can get it. I mean, you feel like maybe you, maybe you would like some aliens to come down and pick you oh, up. And I take sure you on a, would. An interstellar journey. I mean, I get that. Yeah. I get and, that. and just because it is such a like, we won't go into it now, but it's just, just a trying time for me. And I'm like, I, for some reason, sometimes games can take me out of that. And I go in like, you know, my escapism. That's like what Carlos loves in video games. Sure, sure. But for sure. some reason, this one was so well done and so like, you know, optimistic and positive. I mean, I'm optimistic and positive, but for some reason, dude, I don't know what happened. I was like, no, I, I can't go on his journey right now. I have to wait until I'm in a better place. Weird, I Interesting. know. Interesting. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because... I really loved it just from the perspective of the audiovisual and just like kind of just like immersing myself in like all of the, the trippy psychedelic stuff that goes by like the clouds and the deserts and the trees and the, the animals. And it just I kind of just like soaked it in. I didn't really like uh, identify with the main character too much. And I mean, you know, I mean, I can see how that wouldn't be for everybody. Right. Because like you said, I mean, he actually doesn't have it too bad. I mean, his only real problem is kind of like a self-imposed one because he feels this kind of pressure to measure up to his uncle. Um, but it's not like anybody's like really on his case about it. And it's not like, you know, he's not going to get thrown out of his house and he's, you know, he's not homeless or anything or he's not, you know, not nobody's beating him up at school or anything like that. So it's kind of a very narrow band to fall. So I can get that. Maybe it's not resonating with you. I mean, I don't know that I mentioned this or not when we talked about it, but I honestly thought this was going to be a trans narrative. Did you get that sense from it at all? You said that when we talked about it on the show. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't really get that sense. But I, I got the sense of the fact that, again, it's this person trying to figure out who they are and wants to be someone different than they, what the you know kind of yeah. bucket they were put in. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I didn't get that feeling. But at the same time, back to your point, like, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I just I adhere to the story in almost every game, and it's like hard for me to just watch it go by you know yeah, yeah and so yeah. i think that's why it's just different for me because i was like well i'm gonna be this character for a little bit but yeah like you said there's nothing really going badly and it's actually all pretty positive which is awesome but for some reason i was like i can't go on this journey i'm not yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not in that space it. yeah if you're not in that space it makes sense yeah it makes sense i mean yeah i don't know man. i thought it was great i didn't you know it didn't like um you know make my heart sing or anything but i really appreciated it from the AV perspective and stuff. And I, I did think it would have been pretty awesome. There's not to spoil anything, but there's one part in the game. I don't know if you got this far or not where you get the option to change your clothes. Did you get that far in that game? Oh no, I'm just, I just went to space. So, okay. There's a part in the game where someone's like, man, your clothes suck. You need to change your clothes. And so you get the, all these options um, to change your clothes. And you know, like the main character is talking about, he wants to be who he really wants to be. And he wants to make changes and he wants to be his true self and all this stuff. And not, you know, 
just just kind of low-key talking about it so when you get to the the area where you can change your clothes you have like a bunch of leather jackets and cool sci-fi jumpsuits but then there's also like lots of women's clothes in there and you can put on like whatever you want you can put on women's hairstyles i think there's like makeup even and i'm like oh man i wonder if you can just like you know quote unquote like as you're changing can you just like become a woman in the middle of this thing and not even make a big deal out of it that would be like super subversive and mind-blowing if that happened Mm. and i was like oh my god it would be amazing if i changed all the clothes on this person to like women's clothes gave women's hair makeup and stuff and then when i left the room if he had a new voice actor like if it went from like whoever voices him originally to like a woman voice actress oh that's interesting and like nobody mentioned it that would be fucking amazing i totally thought they were going for that and I was like, oh, my God, it's so cool. Like, they're they're not making a big deal of it. It's just, like, a matter of fact. Very, very, you know, understated and yet very powerful. Yeah. And they totally didn't do that. And I was like, oh, I was, I was actually kind of disappointed, really. I thought it would have been very um, a positive, empowering sort of a thing to put in a game. They didn't go there, which was a bummer. But, yeah. like, almost, like, nine-tenths of the way there. That said, though, they did go there, the fact that you could put on different clothing, though, it sounds like. So that's yeah, still yeah. positive. Yeah, it was almost. It was, yeah, it was very close, very positive. But, man, that would have been, like, over the top, like 11 out of 10 mind blowing if they had done that and just like totally had it been just like matter of fact, yeah, and not, yeah, not yeah. made a big deal out of it. And everybody went and when they came back out, everybody just like simply accepted that person and didn't comment on it. That would have been fucking bonkers, dude. But so, anyway. and, and the good news is, you know, th- yeah, that would have been cool and interesting, but it, it doesn't need it in that way, too, because it's like it's its own story, I think. Um, Absolutely true. Absolutely so, true. Yeah. It was just, it's a, I just, I just felt like they were on the cusp of it, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. so close. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, wait, tangent on that though. Do you remember Romna one half? Yes, I do. I love like, that. The it's guy would first, fall into yeah, a yeah. pool and he'd become a girl. Back in the day, Rumiko Takahashi, seminal anime, seminal manga. One of the very first manga and anime I've ever read or watched. It was probably the first time that I ever thought about a guy into a girl, like that idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it yeah, made me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh wait a minute. Now, now you know he's totally gonna be looked at differently. <laughs> you know? Well, he was. He was like, I think like creepy guys would, would come on to him and stuff like that. You know? Oh yeah. They played with all that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't touched Ranma one half in in twenty years at least. I mean, I remember when it first came to America, like for the very first time. And like you know, it's kind of weird to say this now, but like we in our lifetime and in, in in my lifetime and your lifetime. There was a point at which there simply was no manga, no anime in America. Like, right. it, it just wasn't available. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, what are these weird comic books from Japan? Hey, what's this weird cartoon? Let's check this out. So, like, that happened in our lifetime, which is crazy because I feel like people today have kind of just taken it for granted and just are just used to it, which is cool. Uh, but, yes, I remember pre-anime times. And Ranma One Half was one of the very first. It was Ranma One Half, Area 88. Oh, yeah. Um, God couple other things like uh battle oh, angel Bubble, alita came out pretty soon bubblegum crisis bubblegum crisis Bubble yeah bubblegum crisis yeah that's tough yeah anyway wait real quick now we're on another tangent because um yes. um this is amazing so apple seed apple seed was big apple seed romna one half um had also his father was a panda which is amazing he would turn into a yes. panda but yes. that fucking uh series had a game and i think this is right super nintendo no 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 be originally it had a TurboGrafx CD-ROM game. Oh yeah, that's in true. 1990, and I bought it. I don't know how the frick I got it, and it had platforming and fighting in it, like a fighting. Yes, game. I remember that. I remember that. Well, that was was it an import or did they actually? I think I imported uh, port it. it. Yeah, I imported. Yeah, you must it. have. Yeah, and it was so good because you know I love that world and I was reading it and 
it played around with that stuff. But like the fighting was fun, and you could be that little old guy, or you had to fight that little old guy and stuff. Anyways, yes. that would be a great like re-release. I feel like Ron it would be a great half. oddity. I feel like it would do really well these days. I mean, the game was unbalanced AF, and it had all sorts of weird problems, but it was so cool and interesting. Characters are great. I mean, I don't know how many people these days really know Rumiko Takahashi or Ranma one half or any of her other work that she did. Um, but it would be interesting. And I think that probably a lot of people would be into it. Oh my goodness. Now I want to play that game. Okay. Go, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So that's the artful escape. Uh, let me talk about a couple things here. First, I will talk about a game called I am fish. Uh, this is coming out. I want to feel like tomorrow, by the time this podcast is up, I feel like this game will be out. Uh, I got a pre-release code to talk about it here on the show. This is a physics-based game where you play a fish who is separated from his other fish in the aquarium at the beginning of the game. He wants to reunite with his other buddies, and they all get split up into different aquariums and different homes, and they all want to reunite. And you are inside a fish bowl, and the bowl is sealed, which is like the most amazing thing. It's like this waterproof seal on the fish bowl, and you can roll around. So like you're the fish inside the bowl, and you're swimming. And whatever direction you swim is kind of like slowly nudging the bowl in that direction. So instead of and monkey so ball, it's to... fish ball. Exactly. But not, but like more physics based, right? Because like in monkey ball, it's fast and, and kinetic and you're bouncing and it's just bam, bam, bam. You're doing levels really quickly. In this, they try to do more realistic physics and I mean, you know, realistic in quotes, right? Mm. Um, but like, it's like, it's heavy. The aquarium is full of water. So the water adds weight to it. Once you get momentum going, you can't just turn on a dime. If there's a little bump in the road and you're going too slow, you can't go up the bump because you're not moving fast enough. Mm. Like that kind of a thing where if you're going straight and all of a sudden you need to take a turn, you got to like slow down first and kind of swim the other way. So you're kind of like slowly rotating the ball. Um, there's lots of uh, obstacles where you're like on a narrow piece of wood or you're like uh, in a room with a small space to seek through. There's four fish total. Uh, there's the regular goldfish. There is a flying fish. There's a... Uh, puffer fish that has the spikes on them and then there's a fish which i guess is supposed to be a piranha he's got like sharp teeth this look like a piranha but i guess that's what it's supposed to be and once you finish the couple levels with the goldfish you open up other levels and you can try each of the other fish as they try to reunite together i i believe this game is made by the same people who made i am bread which i think is why it's kind of called oh, i am fish I am i'm serious. pretty sure yeah and in the very beginning of the game, there is a an animated loaf of bread, which also reinforces that theory that this is the same developer. Um, I never played I Am Bread, but I heard it was very fun, but also difficult, where you move a piece of bread around an environment with weird physics. And that's exactly what this is, but you're now in a fishbowl. It looks uh, beautiful. It looks exactly like uh, Finding Nemo, like the movie from Pixar. You've seen yeah, that, I'm, I was, sure. I'm looking at the graphics. It looks totally like a Pixar film. This looks exactly like a Pixar film. It is basically like Finding Nemo, the game plus physics. Like it looks like you are playing a section of Finding Nemo. That's exactly what this is. Um, so I started out in this game and I have to say, I I think it's really cute. I like the concept. It's very adorable. But I feel like it is really frustrating and it's really hard. And I think that for the way that it looks, it is too hard and focuses on the wrong things. Um, because when I play this game, I want to just have fun with it. It's cute. I want to hug the fish. I want to roll around in the fishbowl and just like laugh. But that's no, 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 no. You're not doing that. What you're doing is you're struggling with the physics and you're, you're being very, very careful. Sometimes you're doing little micro touches on your 
control stick because you just need that fish to move just like a tiny little bit. And if it moves too far, then you fall off the edge and your fishbowl shatters and you suffocate to death on the ground. Or like you'll you'll try to get through this little narrow walkway and you nudge too far, you fall off and your fishbowl cracks and you suffocate on the ground. It's really frustrating. Mm. Um, and I feel like the um, checkpoints are way too far apart for how frustrating this game is. Um, I'm, it's not like as frustrating as something like a Trials HD or something. Uh, but the, the secret to any one of these games where the the difficulty is really steep and the frustration factor is really high, you got to be able to iterate really quickly. Die, try again, die, try again, die, try again, die, try again. And you don't want to be set back too far. You want to die and restart exactly on the part where you died so you can keep trying it, right? This game gets that wrong. I feel like the checkpoints are too far apart. And I felt like my frustration rose too quickly because I was redoing parts that I had already done. Um, and it's not like a ton of time. But with how hard this game is, I really needed like those checkpoints to be like two seconds apart. And sometimes they're like 30 seconds apart mm. or like, you know, maybe 45 seconds apart, which is a lot of time when you're doing a really sensitive physics game like this. Um, you cannot change the controls, which was a bummer. And I had some struggles with that. Um, the text is kind of small. And also I got to a certain part in some of the levels where I just wasn't sure where to go. And it's so frustrating to figure out like I'm, I'm navigating this fish and I'm trying to be very careful. But then I just like I got to this one level um, when I was the the flying fish. I just literally had no idea where to go. I just was like I'm, I tried to go one way. Nothing there. Tried to go the other way. Nothing there. And I tried to fly as a flying fish. Um, they don't tutorialize that. And it's heavily physics based. So you die really, really easily. It's not like a fun glide. It's not an empowering glide. It's like a very like, oh, my God. I can only just nudge the stick a tiny little bit and I don't want to push it too much because then the fish goes crashing down on the ground. Yeah, that's tricky. It's just like, it looks like it's so cute and colorful and fun. It looks like something that you'd want to put your kids in front of. And it is 1000% not that game. Like it is very frustrating, very technical. You need to have a ton of patience. And I feel like it just, I got mad at it really quickly and I didn't feel like I wanted to keep going, especially when I got to the part where I didn't know where to go because I was just dying, retrying, dying, retrying. And I just had... I, I just didn't know what to do. Let me shed some so, light on, a little bit on yeah, this, I think, yeah, yeah. because as I'm looking it up, it's uh, Bossa Studios, and they did I Am Bread. Um, and they also did, which I think might kind of explain your um, experience with this, they did the Surgeon Simulator games. Oh, okay. So they're All probably right, yeah. focusing on these specific things, like you said, um, and that's like making it too specific and not as like just actiony fun, which it sounds like it could be because especially from the graphics I'm looking at that Pixar style, like you said, like just sit, sit a kid down or sit yourself down and be like, Hey, I just want to roll around the city and have some fun. Doesn't it seem like it looks so fun it just looking at like it? That. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it looks it's so a little fun. too much surgeon simulator in it. Maybe I'm just guessing. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So that means that this, these, these guys, their jam is physics, right? Cause I know I've played surgeon simulator. It's all kind of about the weird physics. Um, my son played I Am Bread. I watched him play that. That's about the physics. And this is also, but I, I really wish they had just dialed back. Like, just make it fun and light and easier, like way easier. Because I feel like this would be a real winner um, for families, for kids, for people who just want to kick back a little bit. But it is, it is 10,000 times harder than it looks. And it's all about like very careful execution. Yeah. Very careful manipulation. And it's kind of a drag. Like, I wish it was as fun as it looked. It straight up is using the same font as Little Nemo. Like it's, it, it's this just, whole thing. Yeah. Whole thing is little Nemo of the game. Yeah. Like it just, it's a hundred percent little Nemo of the game, but like less fun. So anyway, that is, I am fish had a very frustrating time. Uh, walked away kind of disappointed from that one, but sure is cute. 
Uh, other one I want to talk about really quickly is Eastward. This is a new indie 2D top-down semi-Zelda-like, I guess, uh, making uh, a lot of buzz happen right now. It's going to be releasing, I believe, tomorrow. So by the time the show is up, this game will already be out. Tomorrow, tomorrow. on which all systems? I believe Switch for sure. I'm also sure on PC. I don't know about Xbox or PlayStation. Okay, because we talked um, about this show, uh, this game on the show a couple times now. And every time yeah. I've said I'm very, very interested in playing it because I only played the demo. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So I think you're going to like this game a lot more than I will, honestly. Uh-huh. Um you have the Earthbound connection. You love Earthbound. Yep. And I have never really played Earthbound, so I don't have nostalgia for it. Um, and I feel like this game is really... And honestly, just tangent really quickly here. I feel like in the last year or two, a lot of people are really cashing in on that Earthbound nostalgia. I feel like a lot of indie games are really trying to like like tap into that energy. Um, so that's a good thing if you like Earthbound. Maybe, maybe here nor there if you don't have any nostalgia for it. I don't. It's not like I don't like it, but I just... You know, I just don't have a built-in love for it. And I feel like this kind of um, touches on some of those same themes a little bit. Basically, you play a guy. His name is John, although I keep calling him Joel because he reminds me of Joel from The Last of Us. Mm. Uh, That's what caught my attention about this game because you're like a guy and a little girl and you go through this post-apocalyptic zone and it just seemed really like a 2D Last of Us. That's what what got it on my radar. Um, It's not exactly like that, but your guy does remind me of Joel a lot. Your little girl... Not so much of Ellie, but kind of that same, you know, father-daughter vibe or like grown-up child vibe, team-up vibe kind of thing going on. You're in this weird underground land and there's lots of quirky characters, like aggressively quirky characters to talk to. And I mean, I'm, I've am i put a couple hours into it and I got to say, I feel like it's a really slow start. Um, I feel like not very much has happened so far. Um, I feel like there's way too much talking. Uh, but I feel like probably if you, I mean, this is a, a, just a guess on my part, but I feel like if you like Earthbound, you probably would like all the talking. I really want it to just get to the point and I want to do some action stuff. Um, tons of talking, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, and you just kind of like walk around. You're, you're, you're dealing with problems, bullying of the little girl. And um, you're kind of just learning the world. You do this like dumb job where you dig stuff out of the ground, like relics of the old world. Um, but it's all in a top-down, kind of a real-time Zelda action-y. The dungeons, I feel like, are pretty long. And uh, you have a a frying pan as a weapon, which is kind of funny. But you just kind of, like, do some top-down action, kill a bunch of, like, bugs, uh, find people, find items. Um, and the story... I mean, it seems like the story is basically going to be like, hey, humanity lives underground, but actually above ground is okay. We're going to go rediscover above ground. It's kind of what it seems like. Um, and that's kind of, like... All I've really gotten, I mean, like I said, a couple hours. It hasn't really gone too far. Not a lot has happened. Um, really slow start. A lot of talking. And I'm just kind of still making my way through it. It's interesting because the graphics are really... I feel like they are great and they're also terrible, which is strange. Because I feel like the their 2D pixel graphics really detailed. The animation is awesome. Like, And I think the style is really good overall. But they're kind of dark. And there's this weird filter over them. That makes them seem kind of blurry in a way. Yeah, we talked like about that. To... Yeah. Did we talk about that? I think we did. And I, I noticed it in the demo too. Like they're doing like, they're trying to do fogs and stuff like that. Like cloud or like shade or something. I don't know what it is. Like they want to soften the pixels or something. And it just is weird. Like when I look at it, it makes my eyes tired because my eyes keep trying to focus on it. And it just is kind of like blurry in an intentional way. So I'm, I'm not too hot on that aspect of it. Um, but I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to see where it goes. I think the action when you actually are like in a dungeon whacking stuff is okay. Um, 
you know, it seems like there's a lot of potential here. The story has lots of places to go, but I kind of just want it to move a little faster. So I'm still too early to really have much of a much of a vibe for it. Although I will say uh, there is a mini game which seems like an entire separate mini game, which is like a little dragon quest inside of this other game. Ooh, I'm listening. And I, this is totally your jam, dude. And I started playing this and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to play this. But I bet Carlos does. I bet he would like to oh, play this. Oh my goodness, this is so my jam. This game is so my jam. It definitely feels like your jam, dude. Like the, the, the mini game that I don't want to engage with, I think you'd really like. I don't like talking to these people. I bet you would like talking to these people. Um, just the whole vibe, the earthbound thing that I don't groove on. I bet you would totally groove on. This feels like a Carlos game to me, like hundred percent. Well, two things. One, um, they definitely in the description on their website say that, uh, Legend of Zelda and earthbound are huge, you know, influences. Influences. Them. Sure. Um, I, on the website, by the way, if you ever kids, there's, there's things called websites. You can go to them, uh, for games. I don't think anyone ever <laughs> does anymore, but on the website, there's all these little monsters and you can move your mouse around and it, it turns into a frying pan and you can s- smash them. Which is fun. Oh, okay. It's a little fun sure. minigame. Sure. Uh, it says it comes out in five hours, by the way, at the time of this recording. And it does come out for Switch and Steam. I guess I'll play it on Steam, but I would love to play it on my TV. So I don't know if I should wait. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I- I'm with you on the graphics being a little muted. That's a good word for it. That's a good word for it. Uh, good word. Where like it's such a beautifully detailed pixel world. But yeah, they seem to kind of like fake blur it. Um, it's weird. And I don't it's a know weird why effect. they're doing it. By the way, they could take that effect off on a pretty easy patch, because I I would like the option. Yeah, I would like. I, the I make option. a little bit of games. I understand how that part works, and it straight up looks like a filter. So I feel like they could just kind of take that off. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, a mini game like that. I'm just I'm so in. I'm just like kind of perplexed on if I wait for it to come to consoles, like bigger consoles, or if I play it in bed. I mean, you should play. I haven't heard about anything coming to PS or Xbox. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But you don't have the Switch that connects to the TV. So your only option is PC. And I do. I feel like this is like 1000% your jam. This has Carlos written all over. Yeah, I use my controller. I think I'm going to play it on Steam. And I'll probably freaking pick it up tonight. Hot hot diggity. I'm excited. So. Yeah. Well, I'll try to report back. He tried to report back. Like I said, it's kind of a slow start. I I don't have a lot to report because I feel like it hasn't really taken off yet. But. I bet by next week I'll have further thoughts, and I'm sure that by next week you will have finished it. Okay, and also I'll say one more thing, though. That one thing they have to, to get right, which is the thing that you were kind of frustrated with, yeah, I, you know, Earthbound really is, because people don't remember it, it's straight up first it's an RPG. Like, not, I'm guessing this game, the battles are all, like, on the screen at the same time, right? Like, you're just, like, action-y kind of shooting things, right? Yeah, it's real-time. The monsters are in the same area that you're exploring. Right. Like, there's no separate battle screen. So Earthbound's now. an old-school turn-based RPG, Right. So when you go to a battle, it just like goes that old school. Was it Dragon Warrior one screen? You know, exactly. Exactly. And so that was a lot of the fun, because I, if you like those types of games, you like working to level up or whatever. But the other thing is what you said is there's a lot of talking, a lot of talking Earthbound 2. But the humor, it was Earthbound's like a, a special gem because the translation wasn't correct, but yet it was awesome. Right. Like there's a whole story about it. I forgot there's a book out about it, but the translation was just weird and different and they try to put a spin on it. So it just the the words were fun and the comedy hit for some reason. Yeah. And so this is that's probably the biggest thing that I would put a question mark for me, because like if I like the world and love the graphics and like the gameplay, but I'm not like laughing at the moment to moment or like impacting you know me with the, the actual words. 
Right. That, that's the biggest thing for me. So we'll see. Well, I don't I don't think it's funny. I mean, at least not yet. Or maybe maybe that's a taste thing. But I, I definitely don't think like it's comedy in the way that you're kind of describing the Earthbound stuff. But it, it feels weird like Earthbound does or kind of reminds me a little bit of um, what's another game that everybody loves. And I just couldn't stand the other the other like really indie. Um, oh, um, yes. Uh, Undertale. Undertale. Yeah. It feels like Undertale to me where it's kind of like aggressively weird and I just didn't vibe on it. It kind of has that same vibe to me a little bit. So I will say this though, lastly, just cause I have an excuse to talk about earthbound. One of the good things about earthbound too, was like, um, you know, like there's a great scene where you, um, I think your bus breaks down you join like a, a, a band and they're like, we can bring you to town. And then you watch the band play like those little slice of life moments weren't funny, but they really, really like hit home for some reason. Like hmm. it's like, it made you feel, and this is my last, tangent of the show it made you feel like look, what i always miss out of games which is like take the modern era of you know this is me in my house in my little neighborhood and then put the fantastical era together which is what i always want more of games and maybe we get for spoken we'll have a little bit of that but and then like you know just play out some slice of life stuff that happens right like think of like sims like take something that would happen in the sims but then make that an rpg or a story I just feel like enough games don't do those little little quiet moments. Yes, those are going to be very crucial. Absolutely. Right, and there's like a moment in that that same bar that you see the band, and you have like a acid trip or something, and you're like like trying to figure out yourself, and you kind of go into this dream world for a while, and then like that, you know, you come out of that, and they're like, "Hey, let's go get a drink or a piece of pizza," and like that real world, like what's the word, anchoring. Right. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. I think, the special sauce with Earthbound is that like it had the RPG and had the fantastical, but it also was like, oh, I got to ride my bike to school, you know, or I got to go to the mall and pick up a burger. So it, it correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think many games do that. No, that's a pretty unique sort of angle. I think I cannot think of many examples of where they try to do that sort of thing. Um, but I feel like we're going to be seeing more of that because I feel like more and more people these days are coming of age where. The people who were really influenced by Earthbound are trying to recreate that example. I've, I right. feel like I've I've seen tons of examples recently of, of that. So yeah. I'm sure we're in for some. All right. I'm picking it up tonight. I'm excited. I think you're going to love it, dude. That's my guess. My bet is that you're going to love it. All right. All right. Last game to talk about. And then we're going to wrap the show. Tales of Arise, Ooh, which we called trials of arise like 27 times before the show yes i dm'd uh, you like a million times like i'm gonna talk about trials of arise i mean Tales and i'm of like what game is that who Tri- what sorry <laughs> anyway trial oh again. tales of arise the latest entry in the long running tales of series i don't know anything about it other than that i have fully stayed out of that series i've never connected with it i don't know if i've even played one of them it doesn't seem like my jam but a lot of people love this game a lot of people are very excited and i'm hearing a lot of really good things so i am looking forward to your full breakdown right now carlos rodella tell us about tales of arise Jeez louise trials of arise um, trials of arise i think i played tales of destiny i'm sure i played that i played a few tales games I feel like they never were like, they they never um, blew me away. You know, they weren't like something I wrote home about. Um, but I liked them. I think they've always been action RPGs, if I'm right. I believe so. I yeah. mean, I'm no expert, but I believe that was my impression of them. Even like the old, old school PS1s, I think I played those games, and they were like, that's what I liked about them. They were like, you know, go to a battle screen, but then you're doing the battle, which I love. So I love action RPGs. I like, um, you know, that series enough. 
so there's so many things to talk about this game. I'll try to keep it short. Um, it's a very, very, very good JRPG. That's the, the quick box quote, okay? It's a very, very, very good JRPG. Now, if you don't like JRPGs, you're not going to like it, right? So that's it. I'm out. I'm out. So you don't, I'm out. You can just stop the episode now. You just leave for a while. I'll talk to the audience. I'm going to go get dinner. Okay. Let me know when you're done recording. Okay. Wait, how am I going to let you know? I guess I'll text you. I mean, just text me. Okay. So, uh, so that aside, there's other elements to it that make it a little different than a traditional JRPG. Um, I think in general, I talked about it before on the show and I played the demo. The, it's just beautiful to look at. Again, to reuse the word watercolor look. It's very much like a painting. And they're doing this trick because, you know, uh, rendering. In the distance, it's a little, I don't want to say foggy, but it's like all the watercolor look is very much more like outliney, if that makes sense. So mm. if it's a very, very far mountain in the distance, yes, it looks cool and stylized, but there's very, very like less graphics to it. It's hard to describe. So they're not fully, it. yeah, they're just giving you like a, like using less processing power to not render the things that are in the distance, you know. Right. But yeah, Which other you. games do, but now they're instead of like, it's called LODs. It's like basically, you know, less detail in the, in the distance. But what they're doing is they're making it stylized. So it's almost like you can't, you know, fault them for it. You're like, oh, it's all still really this kind of watercolor painting. It's just in the distance. I just noticed that because, you know, it is a really big world and there's a lot of really cool sceneries and stuff like that. But as you mm -hmm. get closer to things, it just looks even better, if that makes sense. Um, so it looks beautiful. Uh, you play uh, as, a, as a character who starts off in a really, really, like, dark situation. And this game is pretty much about a, an oppressive force who is oppressing people on a whole planet. And there's like five different lords, which are basically like, you know, two super, super bad guys. So it's a, so it's a capitalist patriarchy. It's then. kind of, yeah, it's got some, <laughs> it's got some of that stuff in it. But what, what's crazy is that the very beginning of the game, which I go into a little bit of detail because it's important. You start off in essentially like, um, how do I say it? Like you're like a slave. I mean, they call you a slave. So you're like um, a slave worker where you have to like, just mine in these hot rocks and there's fire everywhere and people are just dying all over the place and there's torture and it's terrible. And you're like, oh man, what did I sign up for? I thought this was, <laughs> you know, a bright eyed green field monsters tales game, you know? So it starts off so dark with so many people dying and so much misery. And you have, your main character has an, um, you call him iron helmet because he's got a helmet on his head. He can't take off. And again, traditional, you know, JRPG doesn't know who he is, lost his memories. Okay. He doesn't even know what he looks like because he can't take this helmet off. So you're in like the worst situation and you're watching people, you know, die around you. And there's this oppressive force that, you know, has like a main, you know, bad boss who's like kind of, you know, taking over this whole area. And you're just doing like the worst things in the world, like pushing rocks up hills and fire all around you. So you, you know, spoiler you're going to go ahead and take out all these different lords in the in the land. So there's five of them. Okay. So the first okay. time you take out the first lord, which is no spoiler, you know, it's obvious you have to do that. You go to another land. And in that land, the same race of people are taking over that land. And they're enslaving the people there, but kind of in a different way. And there's all these beautiful biomes. Like the second one's snow. The next one's a different kind of biome. And in that one, it's pretty depressing too. You know, like everyone's like uh, talking about each other behind their backs. It's again really touching close to home on like politics and the way that people deal with people on social media kind of in a way. And it's like a different kind of hell, right? 
The first world would be like <laughs> a hell that's truly like fire and brimstone and slavery, and it's like terrible. The second one, the next one is Twitter. The next one's Twitter and like our social media world. Yeah, it really is. It's like people like ratting people out behind their back and canceling each other. Essentially, it's really interesting. And so I won't go into all the different ones, but like that's how the game starts. And your whole idea of your game is, you know, you meet a woman and she wants to take out all these different, you know, lords. And of course, why wouldn't she? But she's actually from that race of people. So there's like kind of two races of people and one is enslaving the other, you know, on this planet. And she's from them, from that kind of enslaving race, but she wants to take them out. So that's the premise. And I, I bring that, I, I belabor the point about the beginning because like some other reviewer who said, they could have done so many more things with this game because they start in such a dark place. But then after you like beat the bad guy, it's like, all right, on to the next place. And they don't really like dissect what they could mm, about slavery, gotcha. about, gotcha. you know what I mean, about this oppression. And so the, kind of like a light treatment. They don't really do a lot treatment. of examination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got to give them points and then take away points because like the points are, you know, they went there and they do start uh, talk about a lot of different topics in these different fantasy settings, uh, which I didn't see coming. I'm sure you didn't either in this review. I 100% did not. Yeah. So I love that about it. And then I was, you know, I was like, well, they could have went a little further. And then, of course, there's a million JRPG things, right? There's fishing. There's, you know, monsters. There's leveling up. There's uh, all sorts of moves. And this game in the combat system, it's it's a double-edged sword. So on the positive, it moment to moment is super fun. When I played the demo, I think I talked about on the show, I said I was a little overwhelmed by all the special moves. That's because the demo gave me all of them right away, right? Oh, okay. Or, they didn't work you up to it. They didn't sure. work you up to it. And you didn't know what the fuck you were doing, you know? So now that I like literally in the beginning had like one special move, right? And I had one companion. Now that I have four and I'm pretty far in the game, like it makes sense to me. So I wouldn't be f- afraid of that, what I originally told people to be afraid of. It's so addictive, the gameplay. Like that loop, that combat loop is so fun. And I, I won't really go into it. It's just like, it's a lot of special moves. It's a lot of combos. And it's just like a flow, like a matrix flow you get into. And yeah, the, every every combat I'm like excited about. So nice. where I originally wasn't thinking I was going to like it, I really like it a lot. And then the other thing is the double-edged sword of it is I, I mentioned this in the demo. Some of the monsters or a lot of the monsters are spongy. And there's four difficulty settings. Who in their right mind would want to go for the hardest one? I don't know. But oh, there's somebody out there. They are. And you do get pon- you get bonuses for doing that level, you know, that hard level. But I haven't knocked it down easy yet. I'm still in normal. But even as normal, you fight a couple bosses or even just some really big monsters. And it feels like an MMO, right? And you're like, oh. Oh, like a, like a raid boss, yeah. you mean? Kind yeah, of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate that about it. But the last boss that took me like like a raid boss, like took me like, what, 15 minutes or something? You know, like a long time. Yeah. I, I felt great when I beat him because I had to use all my health potions. I had to like, you know, Phoenix down or whatever. I had to do all the things and I did it. And I felt pretty good doing it. So... I think they could have taken some of the hell points off. I don't know why they're, you know, doing that. But yeah. that's my only complaint with the combat. But in general, I love it. And then lastly, you know, there are other things like you can have your own farm, which is weird. And you can, like, raise cows and, like, get resources that way, which is interesting. 
and the story itself is definitely interesting enough because I'm like, I want to write all these wrongs. But I think that the, the one of the weirdest things is, um, well, I wouldn't say it's one of the weirdest things, but there's DLC in this game. And have you heard the whole chatter about it on Twitter? No, I have totally ignored everything about this game because I don't right. think you I'll don't ever care. probably You're, play you've it. You've moonwalked away a long time ago. Long time ago. Well, they they try to upsell you all the time, which is weird because like you go to little camps and rest, you know, and in the camps, it's like downloadable content. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to rest here. Like they're trying to sell it to you oh, yeah. as you're in the camp? Every like, time, like what? Every time you go to a camp, it there's all the camp options and then there's downloadable content box. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so this reminds me of, of Dragon Age. I don't know if you remember this now. When Dragon Age back in the day, I don't know if it was Dragon Age 1 or 2, but you would go to a camp and they'd be like, hey, yo, there's this chest right here. You want to open this chest? That's like two real dollars, bro. Oh, I and I'd forgot be like, what? that. Yeah, dude. That was like, they would rub it in your face that you didn't have the DLC all the time. I fucking hated that. Yeah. Is that exactly what's going on here? Not exactly. Here's what it is. So some of it's cosmetic, right? And again, I would never do that because some of them are like swimsuits. And I'm like, I just came from a hellish... Oh, you know you're paying for the swimsuits, dude. What else would you pay for? Bro, I'm trying to role-play a role-playing game. And I just came I from... I would pay for the I know, but hold on. I just came from hell itself as a slave. I, you know, I'm not going to switch on my, like, you know, shorts and, and summer gear. I'm, like, still traumatized over here. So anyways, I think the cosmetics silly, but I'm not going to do those. But the DLC, there's DLC that literally uh, makes you better. So what's that called? Pay, to, pay, to, pay win. to win or whatever, right? It's like a hundred percent. So like one of them is just like pay two dollars, which by the way is very cheap for a hundred thousand gold. And in this game, gold's really important. So I have not bought one yet, but I'm so tempted and I'm conflicted because one of them is also like gain ten levels, motherfucker. Just like straight up two dollars. Just gain straight up ten $2, levels. Gain ten levels. This is very. This feels very dirty to me. That's right. So I, I feel like I want to be dirty, but I also don't <laughs> want to support their dirty behavior. But like I'm so far in the game now. I'm like beating. I'm on the third lord, and so fifteen hours in or something, sixteen hours in, and I love it. You know what I mean. And when you love something, mm. you like they 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 do to you. You want to buy DLC for it. I just don't know if I want to. I want to beat this game on my own, like you know, what's it called? Merits. Yeah. So I'm on the fence with it. That's my weirdest thing about the game is that like I like a lot of it. I like the combat. I think it's beautiful. I highly recommend it to anybody. If you like JRPGs, you should love it. Um, I think the the enemies sometimes are a little spongy, and I don't know why. But that's the point. That's the point. If the if the enemies are a little spongy because they want you to fucking buy that. That's terrible. Well, okay, so let's talk about this for a second because okay. I totally hear what you're saying, and this does feel kind of dirty to me in a way that just is not spicy or sexy. It just feels kind of dirty. But, I mean, also it's about quality of life, right? Like I, some people have a 1,000 hours that they need to fill in their life. Some yeah. people don't have anything, and they want a game that lasts 300, 400, 500 hours because they, they just need that in their life, right? But like, okay, so let's look at um, Assassin's Creed. Uh, what's the what's the Greek one? Odyssey, right? Odyssey. That one very famously had DLC, which let you what was it? It was like gain like double experience or something like that, right? And plus you could buy you could buy maps to all of the treasures, and there was like like all the little stuff that you could get, like all of the upgrade stuff. You could just straight up just buy it. Yeah. And a lot of people got fucking mad about that, and I was even like kind of disturbed by it. Uh, but I think there's a 
there's a very fine line here. So I guess the line for me is, is your game fairly designed and on par with other games in the genre, and you are simply offering these purchases as a quality of life thing for people who are very busy? So like for me, I don't have 2,000 hours I need to fill. I wanted to play Odyssey, and I wanted to get through the story because I like the story. I love Cassandra. She's a great character. So for me, I did buy like the $10 worth of DLC because it made me get through the game in like half the time. Um, but the, the, the other side of that is, are you designing your game with bloat and with grind that is above the normal? Are you intentionally making choices that will encourage people to want to pay this extra f- service fee yep. in order to play the game at a regular rate? And I think that's that's the thing. If it's a normal game, but you want to give somebody quality of life, I'm okay with that. If you're designing a game that is intentionally a drag because you want an extra $3, then I'm mad at that. So which one is it? Man, you know, I don't know what it is, and that's my problem. And just even talking about, though, like I'm probably going to still buy it because, you know, like you said, the, the the good version of this, okay, is you and I have no time. And again, there's people out there who have no time, and they don't have 300 hours, right? So right. that's the main reason I'm thinking about, you know, uh, picking it up, or one of them, is because... I will know, I know that I'll beat it even quicker. Right. And I want to see the end of the story now. Definitely. I'm kind of invested. So that's, I think the positive side, it is a quality of life. Hey, you don't have much time. The problem is in the, the enemy design, because even the simplest of enemies is difficult, right? Like, or it has a lot of health bar and I mean, from the very beginning. So I think it's foundationally wrong still probably. And even mm. though I know it's wrong, just like a lot of things in life, I'm still doing it because enough of the stuff is so fun. Like a good example is the combat is so fun. I can't even explain to you why it is, but because you're it's combo based. So you're always figuring out, you're not just mashing a button, right? You're doing some attacks, you're doing your combo, you're doing a special power, you're doing a combination power with the other your teammate. That's like right. a puzzle, you know, and it's fun to do that. But because it's so fun, I'm not noticing that this fucking plant, you know, should be dead already. Right. See what I'm saying? And so they really, it's like a fine line of like, it's a fun system. And that's why they, you know, if they were dead in two seconds, you, I guess you wouldn't get to do the system very long. See how I'm perplexed? Well, I think, I think the real litmus test here is going to be, how do you feel about it? in five hours in 10 hours in 20 hours are you going to eventually get to the point where you're like oh my fuck i just want these guys to die or are you still going to be enjoying it and i think that's really the key because you do need it you do need opportunities to show off the system and if guys die in one hit you're never going to see this cool combos but at the same time are you going to be feeling like it's like it's too much you know like is it going to be a a drag after a while i think i think i'll answer short um, my short-term answer is that it is too much because i just remember and you see this in reviews all over the place right now you'll get to certain bosses and even mini bosses and you know you're healing and your your characters can heal you as well but like you're just getting like two or three players just downed all of a sudden like you know yeah. that kind of all of a sudden thing yeah, and that's yeah. never a fun feeling like that just doesn't feel good like it's not like sometimes i would manage it and be like oh i'm pretty low i'll get a health item but sometimes i wouldn't have the chance cuz it would just be like oh no no you're all gone or like four of you are gone so and also this is the last thing i'll say Every once in a while, like a big enemy will show up, like for some sort of special side quest, and it's just straight up like an MMO bullet sponge boss, mm. and he just shows up, and you're like, you have to flee basically because you, unless you want to spend 15 minutes trying to chunk away at him, right? So, and then again, that leads me to this question, which I didn't think I'd talk about it for this long, but I am, is that 
that is a really big question mark where if I buy that bonus, will I be able to take out that bullet sponge guy? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I think for the, for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to buy some of them. And cause you know what I mean? Like that's a good reporting thing for the show. It's for the show. It's for the show. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, do the research, do the due diligence, do the research, which you never do. So I'll do that and I'll come back to you. But yeah, in general, there's a lot to like about this game and I'm, you know, hook, line and sinker. Love it. Uh, I really, really like it. All right. And there we go. That is Tales of Arise. And that is a show, quite a show, I must say, one of our longest in a while. We covered, we covered the games. Yep. We cover lots of stuff here. So I'm starving. You're probably starving. I'm tired. You're probably tired. Let's wrap this nonsense up. Uh, folks, this is it for today. As usual, send us your questions, comments. So video games podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at so video games or individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I don't know. Just um, leave me a comment on one of these podcasts. Okay. On any of the podcasts. Any of the podcasts. Just say, hey, Carlos, what's going on? And I'll go, hey, what's up? All right. That's like uh, SoundCloud. It's Anchor. It's iTunes. It's Stitcher. Spotify. It's, uh, Spotify. Probably a couple more that I'm forgetting there. Okay. So leave us a comment there if you want to get in touch with Carlos. As for me, the usual stuff, Twitter and Instagram. My name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 250. Thank you once again for joining us here on the So Video Games podcast and spending so much of your lifespan with us. We really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, we will see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. Bye from Carlos. Oh, and the soundboard isn't in this episode because we had too many games. So sorry. Maybe sometime soon. Bye.